Hi, creeps. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and you're listening to Ghoul School, episode six, or perhaps episode one of season two. I don't know. Mm? Which what is it, RJ? Two point Whoa. Yeah. I'm Creeptober two point yeah. Man, oh man. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so here we are, as promised, uh, recording on the weekend, squeezing it in, uh, in between watching movies. And uh, I don't know, Arch, have you watched Element of Crime yet? No. <laughs> no, I'll watch that like the the day of or yeah. something. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm looking ahead here, uh, I'll probably watch that tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow um, afternoon? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've got a little bit of time in between. Uh, my split shift day. Mm-hmm. Listening to Art Now speakers and architecture and design speakers. It's going to be yeah. a, a gas. Tomorrow we've got this guy from uh, Sri Lanka speaking about uh, architecture. It's going to be fascinating stuff. That doesn't sound fascinating. Uh, how, often do you have Sri- how often do you have Sri Lankan architects come through your neck of the woods, RJ? Pretty much twice a week. Man, okay, then I guess it is pretty played out. Yeah, I don't know what you're working with, but it sounds pretty lame yeah brother yeah pretty stale um anyway hey rj how is october treating you uh pretty fair pretty fair uh as people would know i'm not uh, creeping as heavy and hard as i would probably like to be but i'm catching Mm -hmm. up yeah i'm catching up i'm making some ground what are your excuses why why are you failing october so badly well, the first weekend was a right. The first three days were a write off because I went to see uh, our buddy Stephen King, mm-hmm. well, which is that's spooky pretty, in that's, itself. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, creeptober. So I, I think that's pretty fair. I, I saw the King creep himself. I think that was a pretty, uh, pretty good excuse. Uh, which I think what episode was that? I don't know. It was a couple back. You can hear about that experience. Yeah. Uh, one side of town to the other, which was about another week and then in between then i didn't have internet set up and that uh, kind of I, I was watching stuff but i was limited mm-hmm. and as i've mentioned before uh currently working at the cow palace Baylog auction um <laughs> uh the fall is the busiest time from uh september to december so uh, has your, uh i've actually been pretty busy at has, work has your dad ever uh, cut a, a promo for like the radio or anything like that for a Baylog Every auction day. Really? Every day. Well, why don't yeah. we? Why don't we have that audio clip? Hmm? Country ninety five. It's well, uh, it airs at like well, six a.m. Yeah. Well, you should get that clip, and uh, we can throw it on the show. So, like, Bob Bela coming out of the Cow Palace, Lethbridge, Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's every day, man. Get, you just gotta you get, tune into Country ninety five. You, you get that MP three. You get me that MP three. There's no MP three of that. Yes, there is. We'll call Country ninety five. Yeah. They have probably forty years worth of uh, get Bob audio. Get Bob. Get him on it. Tell him, say, hey, we need that clip and get him to email it to you. Send it my way and we'll, we'll pop it in the show. It'll we'll say classic. it's a free endorsement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if anyone out there wants to sell their cattle or machinery or anything <laughs> agriculture related, you can uh, call the Cow Palace, Baylog Auction, Westbridge, Alberta. That's right. And ship it all around the world, right? All, all around the world. Yeah. Well, we, we, we have dabbled in China. And some international relations, so we're out there, baby. Oh man, is that gonna like uh, some one of these days? It's gonna be part of some real shit shifty deal. That, uh, uh, it <laughs> it was. Uh, he, my dad's been going there for a long time, and uh, there were some dealings that didn't work out uh, as well as they should have. But that's a story for another day. Okay, that's a story for another day. Great. So um, is that a good enough excuse for you? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm catching up though. This weekend, I did some pretty serious watching. I got like 
I don't know, in two, three days, I got like seven or eight watched. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's not bad. It's better. Better than nothing. Better. Like later, better. like we were seeing. Um, I know. Anyway, hey, RJ, uh, got any uh, preamble thoughts you want to kick off uh, season two, the, the new episode? Mm. We only we only are going to do this like uh, for like one month out of the whole year. So you got mm-hmm. any like deep thoughts, any considerations, anything going through your mm. mind, rattling around, horror thoughts? Well, I think last year we had almost the complete package. We talked about uh, our origins uh, as creeps, our origins as horror creeps. Yes. Uh, We talked about horror literature, horror uh, graphic comics. Mm -hmm. We talked about all all sorts of stuff. So what's left to talk about, I guess? I don't know. We could talk about current trends. Mm. You know what I've noticed a lot? Uh, people call horror movies thrillers now if they do good because they don't want to say that a horror movie did good. Do they actually do that, though? I don't know. Uh, I feel like they were doing that with Get Out. Everyone was calling it a thriller even <sighs> though it's clearly a horror movie. Yeah, there was like a weird time there where like the uh, – so Letterboxd, uh, the website that we frequent, uh, they, mm-hmm. they draw all their information off of that website, the movie database, like the, the, yeah. the org, And yeah. those people are just like the worst, the, the people worst. who like, who run that or moderate it. Like, I hate those okay. guys. Like they just, they're, they're no fun. They like to just squash fun no out of fun, everything. No. Yeah. And I know, hey, I know about yeah. not having fun, but these guys, these guys are real, I don't know, Scrooges. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but so, like, at some point, Get Out was, like, not considered a horror movie by somebody on there. And then they locked it. Yeah. And so, like, you couldn't even edit it. Because it's just, like, that's obviously not true. Like, that movie's, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. We've talked about this before, I think, uh, in, in Ghoul School, about how horror mm-hmm. is kind of, like, a weird, like, marketing term at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, what is a horror movie? I mean, there's a few movies that I've watched this last m- month that, like, I kind of like I guess it's a horror movie but like I would never think of it in those terms and most people would watch this and yeah. never think oh yeah it's definitely a horror movie something like uh, Birth uh, that I yep. watched that movie is like not horror <laughs> like I don't know it's, what is it uh, it's just like a movie it's just like a drama it's like a you'd find it in the literature section you would never find mm-hmm. it in the horror section so I mean that's kind of like I don't know it's so- genre dis. I don't know. Genre thing is kind of a whack, a doodle thing. Like thriller, there's no real thriller section in the bookstore. There's like a crime mystery, which is like you're like you you kind of know what those stories are. But then there's the stuff that like, well, if this is like a literary book that's published, and it has mm-hmm. those elements. It's people will just be like, oh, it's a great tour de force that 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 defies genre. And you're like bullshit. It mm-hmm. does. And you read that stuff and you go, no, it's just as like like kind of like mediocrely written as anything else or like not even as good as like uh an actual crime book could be mm-hmm. it, it, genre genre <clears throat> distinction is so weird and so like halloween is like i don't know at some point it became the designated like horror month um yeah which i mean i'm sure that the companies that like put out dvds and like put out movies they're like yeah okay like whatever helps us sell shit and i'm yeah. like like uh, businesses that make candy sure are like yeah go eat candy that's a great mm-hmm. idea and they push it and then they're like oh hey you should eat candy at all holidays like Christmas and at Easter they're, they're, they're all for you eating candy and then there's like what do you got against candy I'm just saying it's like movies it's just like stuff it's it's the fun stuff RJ um, and 
Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with I'm, this. It's fun, huh? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. No, that's fine. I was just curious to see where you sit because I feel like I get that a lot on Letterboxd and just like even on Twitter are always like, oh, what a great thriller or a thriller suspense. And it's like, that's a horror movie. Oh. Or it's like what we talked about on Silence of the Lambs. Do people not consider Silence of the Lambs a horror movie? Uh, some people would not want to consider it a horror movie, even though it's got like so many horror elements. Um, but I don't know. Again, it's all just like, I think that the whole game is sort of like, there's a agendas and I'm putting that in scare quotes. Uh, and it's like, people have like, oh, they, yeah. they, they want to turn something into a horror movie because they, they can then frame it this way. And it just, I don't know. It's, just games that people mm-hmm. play. It's all meaningless at the end of the day. It's like, it depends on how you want to enjoy a movie, I guess. Cause there's certain things like if you watch like movie birth, right. I'll throw it out there again. If you want to watch that as a horror movie, you can. Um, one of the movies that I watched uh, just this past week was yep. eyes of Laura Mars, which uh, you watched last year. And uh, that was a, uh, Oh, you watched that. I did. I uh, bur- buried in my piles of movies that I watched that I logged so quickly. I, I, I haven't watched anything that you've watched. Yeah, so I mean, a movie like Eyes of Laura Mars. Um, this is a movie that I you could call it a horror movie, and it's like under its various genre uh, designations, it's like thriller, horror, blah, blah, drama, and it's like yeah, I mean, the movie has like those. Um, uh, I was just talking about this with Corey last night, because uh, he just watched it. I think the, a week earlier. How it's kind of like an mm-hmm. American Giallo, and Giallo is a weird thing too, because mm-hmm. it's like. That that whole strain of like Italian movies, it's like they're all murder mysteries that just have like gruesome deaths in right. them, and so it's like okay, there's no, there's always like mm-hmm. that aspect of like what makes a horror story, and it's like oh, is it have supernatural elements to it? And I mean that's pretty limiting because there's like stories like mm-hmm. like a Saw movie. Saw movies don't have supernatural elements per se. They they they're ridiculous, but they're not like there's no mm-hmm. like ghosts or like spiritual energies being transferred or anything like that. It's just murder mayhem machines and whatnot. Um, but it's like so by that definition, oh, Saw is no longer a horror right. movie, which is not, it's but it is. So I mean that that one designation doesn't really help at all if you think about oh, does it have this check mark beside it? Um, so like Eyes of Laura Mars though, I mean right. it has this sort of like this vague like psychic connection, which I guess would be the your supernatural thing, mm-hmm. but it's never followed up on. There's no like why this happened, anything like that. But like for most people, like I could hand that movie to my parents mm-hmm. and I don't think they would think that that was a horror movie at all. They would say that was a thriller. Um, but like the movie's got like right. people being stabbed in the eye a <laughs> uh, lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, is that enough? Is that enough to say the movie is a horror or whatever? I think, I mean, with Get Out, uh, like, I mean, part of the thing was like trying to pitch that movie as like beyond a horror movie that it's got like social commentary. Um, but it's like, yeah, but it's also got like like a mad scientist mm-hmm. who's like plopping people's brains out and like putting it into other human beings' bodies. It's like so that's like that's a trope that goes back at least uh, uh, not quite like almost like a hundred years. It's a mad scientist thing. So I mean, that's horror stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Like, if you read that in a horror anthology, you'd be like, yeah, totally. That's the other strange thing, but I don't know. I think that right. was like, that's like critics trying to say that. Whereas like, uh, that was a Bloomhouse movie and Blumhouse is like all about pushing horror. Um, and they just had their, another like hit movie too, uh, Happy Death Day. That movie's made a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. 
And I do believe uh, this weekend we're looking at yeah. the new uh, Boo 2, the the, the Medea horror movie uh, sequel. That, Those movies are foolproof, though, right? Like, oh man, yeah, like they are. But like, it, it's like it's gonna be number one in the box office, and I think that last one did pretty good too. I've yeah. I've never seen any of those Tyler Perry things. Um, they're they're not for me. Um, yeah, but like, ugh, whatever. It's just like interesting. Because uh, I mean, we this year we've had it make like mm-hmm. a ton of money, and Happy uh, Death Days making a lot of money. It's also October, so that stuff isn't crazy. But early in the year, Get Out did really, really well. Um, and some yep. and some say that uh, Split, Split, yes, yeah, Split was the other uh, Blumhouse one that did really well too. And that's like yep. okay. So there's a movie that like is Split a horror yep. movie because um, <laughs> it's like about mm-hmm. a. Sp- I guess it kind of is right. Like it's it, it's a it is. It, it, it I would, think it's horrific in that people people thought it was good. Ah, uh, it was. Yeah, I mean that's a ba- uh, zing. That, that, that's a movie that I think is like bad, but I, that's like me. That's like my like taste of like how movies should be made. I so I don't know. People, people liked it mm-hmm. well enough. Uh, and you keep sending me uh, updates on Twitter about the status of uh, what is it? Glass. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> of glass. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get why people like it. I just. We've talked about this before, but I thought that movie had a really gross message, and I don't like. I've talked about to other people about that, and they were like, "Oh, I didn't get that feeling at all." Like where the empowerment of like abuse, where it's like, "Yeah, it's good to be abused," and it's like, "Oh, I don't really, I don't think that's what you should say." But anyways, whatever. Anyways, yeah, people know where I stand on that. I thought it was weird. Yeah, that's a strange little. Flick. but other people don't agree it's my point so yeah there was another movie but I you were going watched. off on like how horror is doing good and how uh skype skype's great yeah speaking of blumhouse they love skype uh yeah yeah so like there's mm-hmm. like just this feeling though about like uh in america when like horror movies start doing well it has a lot to do with like the the social political scene <laughs> And like how uh, people start going to yeah. horror movies more when there's uncertainty in the world, um, and we certainly are uh, enjoying that experience of uncertainty and uh, nuclear horror mm-hmm. hanging over our heads at any moment, seemingly. Um, and who knows what's going to happen day to day? It's the American nightmare, yeah. uh, and people are like es- escaping mm-hmm. it by watching mm-hmm. horror movies, which is kind of a strange thing. You think that people would want to escape from that sort of thing altogether, but apparently it actually chases people toward that. Maybe it's like, well, it can't get any worse. Let's see what worse would be like. And it's like, well, at least it's not that. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Not yet. Um, Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, in one week, we've got uh, Saw 8 coming out landing uh we'll see how oh, well we'll I see how it was well saw that 10. does <laughs> maybe i don't fucking know it's not saw 10 oh uh, it's i stopped watching after three so i don't really really care yeah i know you're a big fan of the series yeah no it's just yeah no well, well, am whatever. i a, um, is that a blumhouse movie no that was a uh, Lionsgate. that that was when uh Lionsgate ruled the the roost uh back in the 2000s and they were pumping out all those uh sweet rob zombie movies that everybody loves right everybody loves rob zombie oh like halloween 2 yeah especially halloween yeah. 2 no i was like yeah, house of a thousand corpses um and i 
think Devil's Rejects mm-hmm. was also Lionsgate or something like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was a good that was a good period it of time. Matter. The the the, the Splat Pack era, the uh, mm-hmm. all the through the two thousands, we had the great uh, Saw run, we had Hostel, we had uh, Wolf Creek, all those movies that mm-hmm. people so such such beloved movies nowadays. I don't know. Saw, right. Saw's, saw's, yeah. saw's okay. Hey, did you like... Yeah. Hey, did you like Eyes of Laura Mars? Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I thought it kind of went on... Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 I, it was good. I didn't... Um, I, I know you really, really, really liked it, but uh, I thought it was good. I, there's always mm-hmm. something about the... Uh, the G, even when it's, like, Americanized, Giallo movies are not really my thing. I was going back through, like, all the movies I've tagged as Giallo uh, mm-hmm. over the years, and, yeah, it is not my not my cup of tea for the most part. So, But I think it's, like, one of the better ones that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was good. It's got my main man, Brad Dourif, in there with some sweet hair. Oh yeah, he's got that sweet beard and jacket, and he's kind of a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Not too bad at all. Oh yeah, he's wicked in no, that. No, that, that that movie's got a sweet score. I like got a sweet uh, cast. So we have Tommy Lee doing that sort of weird mm-hmm. accent of his, like where he's like not doing the southern thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Hey, one of my other things that I've like been I noticed. Uh, when I've been like going back, because I use again Letterboxd a lot um, to like kind of organize information mm-hmm. on, in spreadsheets and whatnot, and uh, you know, America definitely produces a disproportionately high number of horror movies compared to any other country or film industry. Um, and I, I was like, that's mm-hmm. kind of odd. Like I've never really thought about that. Like, um. I was thinking back to like how uh, when Ken Burns makes his documentaries on like baseball or jazz, he talks about how these are like uh, particularly American genres, like or of things like baseball and jazz are like American created things. Horror is like obviously something that's like, like mm-hmm. film. Film is like older than America, uh, but I definitely would say Hollywood kind of like codified what movies are. But like, and within the movie industry, you have like horror, which is like a genre mm-hmm. that like every every country around the world has created horror movies, but to a much smaller degree mm-hmm. than uh, America had does. And I mean, I think that's also kind of uh, held up though by like independent films, because like so many uh, independent films where you can actually still kind of make a movie and kind of make it look okay and sort of professional, they kind of lend themselves to being horror films yep. too. Because um, there's a market mm-hmm. for it, like uh, there's been a few times I've watched some uh, some some good not so good uh, documentaries on horror movies, and um, it's like there's just like these convention halls mm-hmm. filled with guys with tables just covered with DVDs of movies you've never heard of and you don't want to watch, um, and it's just like man, there's like people mm-hmm. that just go to this stuff all the time. It's uh, yeah, America in horror. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, people like horror. They do. Uh, <laughs> I think people like horror, and I think we do. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple. You've seen a few. Well, I think, RJ, we can agree that we're all horror fans, and we're going to talk about horror movies now. So, RJ, <gasps> what have you been mm-hmm. creeping on? You want to hear what I've been creeping on, man? Yes, please. Well, I got a mix of some good 
I got a mix of some good and some bad. So I uh, I guess I'll just go in order, hey? That's probably the best way to go. Whatever you like. All right. Uh, so I talked about the first few on the Criterion Creeps. You did. What did I follow up with? All right. Uh, so I watched a newer movie. This one was called Triangle. Uh, now, I've heard a lot about this movie because uh, I've heard it's very split. Some people think it's really good and some people think it's total horseshit. And I was like, what's the deal with the Triangle movie? Like, usually these newer horror movies don't have that much of a split on them. It's usually either really bad or people like them. So I was like, what is this thing? Uh, so I checked it out. It's from 2009, I think. It's got uh, your buddy Liam Hemsworth in it. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't even it's know who like, that is. I guess it's like, <laughs> oh, you will one day. Um, I guess it has a, it's like a retelling of Sisyphus, that Greek, like legend or something. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. So it was like this lady. So they go out on a boat and then they get, they, they sink and then another boat comes, and they're on the boat, and then there's killers on the boat. But then the lady finds out she's, like, trapped in this cyclical universe where she keeps reliving everything over and over again on the boat. And then it's, like, that's the whole movie. It's, like, the cyclical thing. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And I think they do a kind of a good job. But then there's also parts where they kind of – they don't stick to the rule, their own rules that they set. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a few parts where, like, she kills – like she has to kill all the people on the boat to like get through and then there's one part where she kills this lady and the lady always like crawls up the stairs to the deck to get away and then you see her do it once and there's like hundreds of her bodies because they've been doing it so much and you're like oh okay so cool but then later uh you see like she she's doing this to get back to her son and then when she does get back to her son you see that like she has to kill some one else to get her and then she puts the body in the trunk but in that instance there's not like a hundred of the bodies there's only one and you're like oh so why was it all the same the first time and i know what you're thinking maybe that was the first loop that it went through but it's not because she hits a bird on the road and then she goes and throws the bird in the in the water and there's like 50 of the birds so it's like so she has done this a, a bunch of times too so like i don't know that's kind of a weird thing to get hung up on, but I was like, they're not sticking to their own rules here. And I, I guess you can't because you can't pit, fit like 400 bodies in a trunk of a car, but I don't know. I thought it was okay. I thought it was a cool idea. I do it fairly well, but um, I'm not super hot on it. I probably wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that whole movie is based, like, my, the only thing I remember about it is, like, the discovery of all the bodies of the woman, uh, on the boat, where you just see multiple Mm -hmm. bodies, and I thought that was, like, fantastic. I was like, man, this is why I watch horror movies for. Yeah. Is, like, those type of moments of things, like, you watch this Mm -hmm. stuff because you hope to see something you never get to see. Um, I guess it's kind of, like... Like yeah. the the hat bit from the Prestige, <laughs> like that's like pretty well, the, yeah. The same yeah, kind of ballpark, but this is like far more uh, grotesque because it's just like a bunch of uh, women's bodies that are caught stuck in this time loop, mm-hmm. and they just they don't break down. They're not going to deteriorate. They just pile up. 
It's it's fantastic. It's a great image. Yeah. Uh, and the whole movie is just like, yeah, there's a sack-headed killer running around. And then it's like, um, did you ever see the movie Time Crimes? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have? No, I, I've heard it was good, though. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Uh, it's kind of similar to Time Crimes. It's, so it's like, I don't know, these time travel movies, stuff like it and, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Primer. There was like it's trying to like predestination. Yeah, it's or uh, there's also I think cohesion, which I believe is on your uh, to watch list. Um, it, these movies are like they're very ambitious, mm-hmm. but it's like sometimes it's like it's hard to tie them all together in as a clever a way as the idea might be. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like Triangle well enough. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was fine. Like. Uh... I, I like the idea. I really like movies like that. Like, I think Primer is the best, like, the movie that does that bad. I really understand it. That guy's, I can't remember his name. He did that uh, Upstream Color movie, too. Oh, uh, Shane Carruthers or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So that guy's pretty good, but no. Tri- Triangle was all right. Um, anyways, it's, uh, it's a mixed boat. I can see why it's split. Like, some people love shit like that, and some people just hate it. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I thought it was like, for, uh, uh, it's, it's a more ambitious slasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then next I watched my Wolfman movie for uh, the month. Yeah. Uh, I watched Late Phases. Ah. Uh, that's a pretty new movie. I think it came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was it? 2014. And so this movie is about an old man. Uh, who moves into a like a retirement facility, kind of like a complex where all these seniors live in condos. And then the first night he's there, a werewolf comes and kills his best friend dog, his C&I dog. Oh, did I mention he's blind, <laughs> this old man? Now you have. Uh, so a werewolf comes, kills his dog. And uh, what does he do next? Uh, so he, he knows it's a werewolf, but no one else believes him. So... He just starts like canvassing the retirement community, trying to find out who was the one who did it. But then he's also like working out and digging holes in his backyard and setting traps. <laughs> and it's very much like, uh, um, like he's just an old man who's like getting ready for one last push because he's like, this werewolf's coming back. And he's like, I'm going to get that fucker because he killed my best friend. Uh, usually I don't con- condone movies that the motivation is, um, set up on dead animals uh because that's silly like john like john wick um i think this movie handles it yeah kind of yeah john wick it's silly like it's it's unnecessary but um this movie's not doesn't do it too bad at least um and then i don't know it's pretty good like uh, i didn't realize uh that our man tom noonan was in this Mm -hmm. so that was a that was a nice treat uh, when he popped on screen, I was like, holy shit. Uh, I thought this movie was actually pretty good. I liked it way more than I thought I would. When I started at the first, like, ten minutes, seeing, like, the dog die and stuff, I was like, oh, man. I was like, it's going to be one of those. So, like, this old man, he, like, trains for a month to the next full moon, and he gets, like, some silver bullets, and he, like, because he's blind, so he's counting, like, the layout of his new house, like, all his steps. And he's canvassing the town, trying to find out who the werewolf is. And uh, he he's really funny because of the interactions he has with the other old people. Because the old, other old people are really, like, fragile. And he uh, uses a shovel as his walking stick. And they'll go up to him and they'll be like, 
be like, oh dear, why do you use that? And he'd be like, fuck off. And he's just really like, uh, he's really salty, kind of yeah. like Jared Duncan. Yeah. He, uh, he uses a lot of cuss words, which I, I think is funny. Um, and you actually, you, you start to root for him. You're like, you're like, you're, you're a fun old man. I, I understand. Like, he's just trying to, he lost his best friend and he's pissed off about it. So, uh, and then there's some actually, actually some pretty awesome werewolf stuff at the end. Cause the werewolf infects like the entire senior community because he knows that, uh, uh, the old man is like gunning for him. And then all the werewolves kind of close in on him. Uh, I actually like this a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. So this was actually a pretty solid pick. I don't know. Uh, I think you've seen late phases. Hey? Yeah, I watched this last year. Yeah, and did you like it? Yeah, late phases yeah. is great. Very enjoyable. Yeah, it was good stuff. Good, good stuff. Anything to say? or? Mm, I think my comment always with this one is that this movie would be a lot better if it was made 30 years earlier and starred Charles Bronson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they, they give him the mustache even. They're trying. Yeah, yeah. That Nick DeMachi is the... DeMachi. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, he's like a poor man's Charles Bronson. Yeah. But, I mean, Charles Bronson's dead, so I guess he's got the title for yeah. the most Bronson-y man around. Yeah, that's very true. So, yeah, Late Phases is actually a pretty good werewolf movie. I liked mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, and then, uh, so, we teased this a while ago. Uh I watched Bloody Birthday, which I didn't realize was a controversial pick by uh, my buddy Ed Hunt, who did The Brain, mm-hmm. and another movie that we've both seen, a little show called UFOs Are Real. I don't uh, know if you remembered watching oh, I that d- one. I do. Yeah. So uh, Bloody Birthday came out in 81, and this movie is about killer kids, uh, and it's no secret. You see right away that... So it's it's about an eclipse, which is actually pretty good timing for us, right? It would have been better a month ago, actually, mm-hmm. I guess. So there are these three kids who in uh, this little town who are all born during a solar eclipse. And this movie's got a lot of like uh, um, astrology stuff to it where it's like if you're born during an eclipse, like your whatever your uh, your sign is and stuff like that, <sighs> how all, it affects you. It's all your very mind. scientific. It's all very scientific, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like these three kids who have this connection because they're born during an eclipse. And because they were born during an eclipse, they lack empathy or something. So they're basically like sociopaths, mm-hmm. uh, but from birth. Uh, and so <laughs> what you like, you see it right away because it's like uh, uh, they, they like take it out on people they don't like. So like the teachers, like it's like you guys have to do homework this weekend. And the, it's like a little girl and two boys. And the little girl's like, oh, yeah. And then uh, the the one that I really like is there's this guy that they don't like. And this is the first time you actually kind of see them killing people. They get the guy to come outside and he's like, what's wrong, little girl? And she's like, hold on a second. And then the little boy comes out of nowhere and just smashes him in the head with like a bat. Mm-hmm. And then these little kids just beat the fuck out of this this old man. And it is gnarly. And that's like the whole movie is like these little kids going around basically just killing anyone who like they don't like. Um, but I actually... Uh, I watched this with Andrea, and uh, she actually really liked it as well. Um, I thought this movie was fucking awesome for a few reasons. Uh, because the kids were ruthless, and they were brutal, and they, it showed it. Um, and I thought this movie uh, avoided a lot of stuff that horror movies usually fall like fall trapped to, like cliche stuff, where there's like one other kid in their grade and uh, his older sister, and like they catch wise to it, and then they start making like very logical decisions. Where in other horror movies, sometimes you're like, oh, why would people do that? But they like, I feel like they make decisions where it's like, yeah, that is what you would do. Like, because the the 
the uh, older sister finds out the kids are doing it and she like just tries to tell everyone she's mm-hmm. like these little kids are little fuckers and instead of like doing weird stuff so i liked it because of that uh i thought the kills were actually pretty cool because these little kids are pretty ruthless uh there's one really good scene with a, a peephole where um the kids are peeping on this girl undressing and then there, there's a bow and arrow uh i thought that was awesome yeah uh i don't know man i thought this was really good um it, again it was another surprise i don't know why i had this on my list it's like i mentioned before it's got a all cool cover movies, <laughs> cool cover all the movies on my list half of them are either because the cover was cool uh or because you liked them mm-hmm. or because i heard about them somewhere else but i've since forgotten wh- where i heard about them yeah, yeah, yeah but uh i liked bloody birthday and i didn't know that uh you you mentioned before that people don't like this movie for some reason yeah it's like uh I mean, I'm actually, I, I look back at my review and I gave it like three stars. And I was like, I yep. think I remember liking that movie more than that. Um, I can't remember, I can't put my finger on what maybe was like, eh, it's okay. Like, it's good. Like, yeah, it's like when I score movies, it's always on a spectrum, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like when I watch Criterion movies, I, I have them on the Criterion spectrum. spectrum. Um, yeah. And then they like I mean, horror movies, they also fall on that. And like, how do these movies rate against other movies? It's the only way to like do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember at one point too, um, my system, like I actually have it on my, some nerd, uh, RJ will remind me uh, mm-hmm. constantly. Nerd. Um, I have like a kind of a breakdown of what my star ratings mean. And they're pretty mm-hmm. accurate to like how I've been rating stuff for the last like couple years. But I think like at one point I was rating it closer to like the Netflix star rating. If you remember that, uh, where yeah, yeah. It, it was like one star hated it, two stars didn't like it, three mm-hmm. stars liked it. Four stars really liked it, and five stars loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I used that quite a bit. And so, like, the half star kind of was, like, my way to kind of squeeze in, like, well, I didn't totally love this movie, but I, I feel strongly about it. And, like, I think with this movie, I think I was like, yeah, I like this movie. It's got some good visuals and stuff like to it. I like the idea of, like, killer kids and stuff like that. But I think part of it was that it didn't go far enough, maybe. <laughs> like, I okay. would have I, I liked it to go even more. Like, I think there was enough going for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I thought the idea of like the three kids were awesome. Like I remember like all Mm -hmm. three of them, like the blonde little girl and the kid at the glasses. I remember them all clearly and like stuff on playgrounds and vehicles and them driving. Mm -hmm. At one point someone, they're driving a car. They're in a drunk junkyard and the two, two boys are dressed up like one person because they like don't want people to know it's the kids and they're trying to run over a girl in the junkyard. And it's that part's awesome too, because it's like uh, they're not driving the car amazing because they're two like 11 year old boys. So they're crashing into shit a lot. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that is what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like when I was mentioning, like, there's some people that seem to like not like it. And these are people who are like into horror movies. They're not like just stumbling across movies and be like, oh, all horror movies suck. It's like, yeah. well, you got to watch horror movies as horror movies and kind of like mm-hmm. get into that mindset to, uh, I guess, to be able to even start appreciating stuff, um, which I yeah. guess is like what I hope Google School kind of access is like a way of like a different way of watching horror movies in the terms of like watching a whole bunch of stuff because right. the more you watch, the more you kind of get used to like the way they're made. And then you kind of go, mm-hmm. Oh, I can, you can start appreciating. Cause like there's stuff like when I was 18, I would watch stuff and be like, Oh, this movie sucked. And then I watch mm-hmm. it like 10 years later. And like, I'm like, I guess, uh, smartened to the horror business. And I go, Oh, that was woke. really like, I'm more woke to like, mm-hmm. to just like appreciating like 
gore special effects and stuff like that. While keeping in my mind, I like to have a good story too. And then, mm-hmm. like, I actually I find I judge harsher movies that get all the a critical uh, mm-hmm. applause and like people like oh really celebrate these certain movies. And I go in going okay, I'm gonna watch this a little bit more like with seriousness and expectations, and yeah. go oh. That wasn't so great. And, like, that happens mm-hmm. a lot, especially with contemporary movies. But then sometimes you watch, like, a bloody birthday and be like, I think this movie is, like, far more, like, memorable mm-hmm. than a lot of stuff that gets made now with, like, yep. it's way slicker and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, I'd probably, like, I want to, I have this. I think you, well, you have my copy of Bloody yep. Birthday currently, but. Uh, I'm yeah. keeping it. Oh. oh. Yeah. No, uh, uh, no, I, I get what you mean, man. Like, uh, that's actually a lot of the movies I, I've, I'm going to talk about today are older ones that I was like, man, I really dig this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like Bloody Birthday. And I know what you mean, too, like old ratings, because I think you got me on Letterboxd like three years ago. And uh, there was a lot of movies where I was like, ah, oh, that's a two. That's a three. That's a four. Before I was like actually giving it like kind of. You know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. every now and then I see a movie. It's like, pff, it's like, why did I rate it like that? That movie rules, or some, or the mm-hmm. opposite. It's like, oh, that movie sucks. Yeah. So it, uh, you change, man. People grow and they change. Yeah, I mean, I guess with Letterbox too, as is like, a, and I guess like grading stuff. It's a weird system. Yeah, the idea of it, it like, I know some people like kind of have the right idea and they don't rate anything and they just mm-hmm. write reviews, uh, which I think is like probably a better way because like I'm sure that like I'm not alone in this and like when you watch a movie sometimes you're like you, you have your star rating in your mind and you're like where's this yeah. movie at currently yeah. mm, this and is it's about... distracting right yes and it's, it's yeah. bad and then like sometimes like I'll be like oh I'm gonna check Letterboxd and see what other people think and sometimes I'll see a review mm-hmm. of like like a lot of people will give something for but then I'll see like uh, there's like the one critic I always see Mike D'Angelo he always mm-hmm. like he's two and a half stars like all the time and I'm like yeah. this guy doesn't like a lot of stuff like he really likes good movies but then mm-hmm. he, does, he doesn't like everything he's very he's a hard hard guy to impress so yeah. he always like brings me down and like, I guess like I kind of want to be like that, but at the same time mm-hmm. I, I want to have joy in my heart <laughs> and yeah. be able to, like, yeah, you know, sometimes the movie's just like entertaining, but at the same time, like, but is it as entertaining as this other movie that I happen to give four stars? No, then it's not a four star movie. And it's like yeah. weird, arbitrary thing that pops up every once in a while. Yeah. I, See, that's kind of what I was thinking too, right? Like, that's why I'm actually trying to be a little looser with my ratings now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was throwing out a lot of four stars this week because it was like, man, I really like that. Yeah. That's a four star movie. Yeah. Um, because I I found that too, sometimes I get really distracted. It's like, I'm going to rate this movie. And it's like, that's that sucks because you're not actually watching the movie yeah. because it's, it's kind of in the back of my mind the whole time. Yeah. So I can see the... Uh, it's, it would be freeing, I guess. It's the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Why did Batman Superman fail so bad? I don't know. Because a lot of people are saying ratings are like that pot or critic rating is like killing fans like uh, interpret or like viewing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's a whole other kettle of fish. But. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is like kind of the, the shit. Like, yeah. I don't know. At the end of the day, like, I guess the only way that. Rotten Tomatoes impacts my viewing is if a movie that I wasn't thinking about seeing in the first place gets a really high review. It, it, it goes on my radar. But if a movie I was thinking of I wanted to see anyway comes out, I don't really care about the Rotten Tomatoes review because it's like I wanted to see the movie anyway. Um, so it's only helpful as far as like helping me want to see movies rather than like change my mind uh, about 
it's something in the first place. Like yeah. I, I was looking over the like the reviews this week, and it's like holy shit! There, like we had three movies come out this week that had like a range of like eight percent, nine percent, and eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, and like all these movies are still going to make like one's going to make twenty one million dollars, and the other one's going to make a bunch of money. And you're like okay, none of this matters. Like that Geostorm movie, like I, oh, I I I don't even know what that is. I've never seen a trailer for it. Um, I, it's just like this thing that exists. It's like an Armageddon. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I deduced that based on comments the uh, after the, the title Geostorm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So I guess where yeah. are we going with? Oh yeah, reviews and critics stuff like that. I I try to like, if I if I'm seeing something as a four star movie, I'm like standing behind that, being like, this movie is totally worth your time watching. Three and a half mm-hmm. star. It's like. I think like especially with horror stuff it's like this is like it's missing that like this is a great movie aspect but it's still got a yeah. lot to recommend to it three stars is like this is like okay and then two and a half's like oh uh, I just yeah. I can't fully get behind this even though there will be elements of a movie and I try to like actually write this in the review saying like yep. this movie's got this going for it and below that what's the difference between a half star a one star and a one and a half star like I don't know yeah. I don't know what the difference is there like mm-hmm. it's just like how much did I dislike this? Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, yeah, stars. <laughs> so definitely. Well, yeah. that's kind of that's what I mean. I'm trying to be a little looser here, Jared. A little looser, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So do do you want to sure. talk about creeps? Yeah. For a while? Yeah. I'll run. Yeah. I'll run with some creeps. Uh. So I kicked off my October. Uh. On the first with a movie called Ticks from 1993. Um. This is a movie that had been on my radar for a few years because. Uh, Originally, it had come out from uh, All of Films, which is a uh, DVD company. They put it out on Blu-ray, and then it went out of print really quick. And so copies mm-hmm. of this now go for, like, way too much money. Like, we're talking, like, $180. So people can watch this movie in HD. Holy shit. Yeah, it's absurd. Deep movie movie stuff is so dumb, like, how expensive mm-hmm. stuff can go. And then, like, I look at my shelf, and I'm like, I have so much stuff that, like, I paid, like, 30 bucks for, and, like, they still are get, selling copies, and now they're, like, nothing. And you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't even give stuff away people don't see value in movies except for other horror movie fans and that's one of the crazy things about it so Tix uh, was this movie was like well it's got Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air oh nice Uh, he's playing a an urban tough who's like yeah so it's like "Mm, this this sort of breaks my uh, suspension of disbelief because he's playing he's trying Mm -hmm. so hard to be a tough kid Uh, and so what it is it's about, about a bunch of like damaged youth who are being sent off to like camp for the weekend and it's going to be part of their rehabilitation and becoming normal kids again um while this is happening Mm -hmm. some like moonshiners are are like drug Mm -hmm. or they're like it's either moonshine or they're 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 growing some like uh real high-grade marijuana because that was edgy 93 but i think that's part of the joke is that it's like actually not that dangerous marijuana uh one Mm -hmm. of one of these like types is uh clint howard (laughs) Um, who's always uh, great. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, the movie's just like, I don't know, kids go up to the woods. There's like some uh, sleazy, like rural, like crime types who are uh, not wanting these kids meddling around. Um, And then there's also mutant ticks uh, Mm -hmm. that are a result of this like experimental marijuana going ons. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the ticks start attacking the humans. And eating people and blowing out of people, et cetera, et cetera. It's a monster picture. Um, mm-hmm. This movie's okay. <laughs> like, it's... It's I, no slugs? It's no... Oh, yeah, fuck. No, man, nothing slugs. Slugs is so... Yeah. Slugs is, like, my my fave uh, yeah. for monster movies because it's, like, so, like... Because it's a bad movie, but it's, like, yeah. everything... It's, it's bad in all the right ways. This movie right. is just, like, kind of fine and... 
Uh, it's a little gorier than I would expect because I think this movie was mm-hmm. actually made for TV. Um, and it's got some like good, it's all it's all practical effects and like mm-hmm. uh, like uh, rear projection and stuff like that. And miniatures are used. Um, Carlton dies horribly in it. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even really too much remember how this movie ends, except for like, oh, we finally got away. But then one of the mm-hmm. tick egg sacs is attached to the bottom of the truck. Spoilers. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. This movie is like very middle of the row, but it was like, mm-hmm. uh, as my friend Evan likes to say, comfy. It was a comfy movie. It just felt like it felt I like fall. exactly like a movie from 1993 should. It doesn't like rock mm-hmm. the boat. It doesn't reinvent anything. But it was like fine entertainment. Um, I followed that up with another, uh, made for TV movie, Quicksilver Highway. Uh, yeah, I wasn't planning on watching this, but like kind of like toward the end of September, I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of Clive Barker movies I've never seen before based on his stuff. And I'm like, I I should Mm -hmm. uh, watch those. So I threw a bunch of those on my list. And one of those was Quicksilver Highway, which is actually both Clive Barker and Stephen King. Um, Mm -hmm. it's like an anthology story. Uh, the, the key, though, here is that uh-huh. this Quicksilver Highway is directed by one Mick Garris. Um, I think you mispronounced his name. Shit, shit, shit Garris. Garris. Yeah, yeah, so he lives up to his uh, his moniker of being mm-hmm. shit. And, yeah, he time and time again, Mick Garris just demonstrates he is just bad at his job. Um, he's so bad. I can't he, believe the movies he makes. He he just doesn't tell stories well or something mm-hmm. like something is just missing. Like I don't think like I think he's directed like something that's like okay, but for the most part, like he just like I don't know. Nothing about him is appealing. Um he seems like he's a movie fan. Mm-hmm. Like he really loves horror. Uh he always mm-hmm. tries to get his like, he gets John Landis or Clive Barker into yeah. the stuff he's shooting because he wants to be friends with people. But as like an actual talent that has something interesting to say, man. Cause like he's behind that Masters of Horror TV show too which i always forget so i mean like he loves horror he's like into this so he like he's like a fanboy who always has to talk about the fact that he's friends with steven spielberg in interviews like like, yeah yeah like that sort of stuff and you're like i don't know i'm sure he's like probably a great person to like be friends Mm -hmm. with but like as a filmmaker man he's he leaves a lot to be desired so quicksilver Mm -hmm. highway uh it's two stories that are kind of just slammed together um the uh, the bridging segments are uh, with Christopher Lloyd wearing just like the most ridiculous outfit and makeup you've <laughs> ever seen Christopher Lloyd ever wear. It's like mm-hmm. a he's got like a goth choker on and like eyeliner and this blonde wig and a cloak and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's just tr- ugh, like what is this shit? Um, yeah. And this is like during the era of like Adam's family. So it's like oh it's it's Gomez or uh, Uncle Fester. Fester. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, Quicksilver Highway. The first story is like. This salesman uh, out in the desert picks up a hitchhiker, but he also bought these like chattering mm-hmm. teeth. But it turns out these ch- like so bad things happen with hitchhikers as they always do. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole thing about smoking, uh, which like I guess Stephen King must have been like a smoker at some point and mm-hmm. have like issues with smoking because mm-hmm. uh, this is like the second one I can think of with him dealing with smoking uh the hitchhiker gets all violent and crazy and then uh before anything bad can really really happen uh chattering teeth drag the hitchhiker away off into the desert um yeah and then i don't know whatever it's like it's just not suspenseful it's way too stupid like this idea of chattering teeth like attacking people and like jumping around like it's just not well made it's funny but it's like not it doesn't actually succeed Mm -hmm. in being funny uh and then the second the second story is um the 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 hand uprising story 
if like, so what happened mm. so Matt Frewer uh the Pink Panther uh Max mm-hmm. Headroom he's like a pickpocket who is at the circus and then he runs into the Christopher Lloyd kind of crypt keeper character right and uh he our story is recounted about hands uh the Matt Frewer I guess was a surgeon before he became his pickpocket guy I don't understand okay. the connection uh, but what happens is so all of a sudden there's like an, a hand uprising Mm-hmm. Like hands start becoming sentient and they don't want to be attached to their bodies anymore. Um, okay. So I'm on board. Yeah. So it's like, so you get like little like uh, hand voices, like mm-hmm. where they're high pitched and they're plotting this like overthrowing <laughs> of the body. And so like the whole idea is like, there's like this body horror idea behind this all. And like, mm-hmm. I think this actually could be a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So again, we have a we have some detached hand stuff, uh, a la Adam's family again, mm-hmm. um, and like some of the hand stuff looks okay, but then it starts turning into really like early '90s CGI, crappy hands. Right. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I don't know, it just doesn't work as well as it could have because McGarris. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the story kind of just, it just ends like it's just like oh, <laughs> and then the pickpockets caught. Because cause his hand let him get caught by picking the pocket of a cop. And that's the twist. Yep. And Did, never again will I watch Quicksilver Highway, nor should you. It's got a memorable movie poster. I always remember seeing that at the uh, video yep. store with the red, uh, like kind of the reddish cover with the eyes looking out at you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Any other questions about Quicksilver Highway? Did you learn your lesson? Uh, about Mick Garris? Stop Garis? watching Mick Garris nah, movies? There'll be, I think there's at least one more thing I have to watch with it that he directed, unfortunately. But, um, is, it, uh, is it? It's another Stephen King, isn't so, it? Like Rose Red or something um, like that? No, I, I remember seeing bits and pieces of that. Uh, Chanel kind of went through like a, I want to watch some more Stephen King movie adaptations, mm-hmm. and she rented that. And I remember that being like real, real trash. But I don't know if it's going to ever top uh, Riding the Bullet. That's the worst, man. Riding the Bullet is just the absolute worst movie ever ever yeah i, I think, think we i think we found it <laughs> yep uh no that's uh chasing amy um oh, okay. uh another one i'll throw out here mm-hmm. uh, i watched my so far my one and only hammer horror movie countess mm-hmm. dracula um Ooh. it's got oh it's her name ingrid pitt uh her breasts nice. are in this movie they what? get her breasts her breasts are in uh-huh. this movie uh they get blood on them because mm-hmm. that's something that happens in movies. I've noticed is uh, what there's women with breasts, breasts, they get blood splattered on them and they scream or moan uh, in pleasure or pain, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of like not quite a horror. It's not even a Dracula movie. It's like a loose adaptation of like uh, this telling of like the Elizabeth Bathory story. The woman okay. in like the 1600s who like apparently like uh, bathed in the blood of virgins and mm-hmm. uh, to keep herself young because she was just like a sadist, sadistic, horrible human being uh, mm. who was killed for this, like apparently IRL. Um, and so this is like just a telling of that. Uh, like, I don't know. I think I wrote about this. Hammer horror stuff I find is incredibly overrated for what it is. Um, I think it was the time I think so. There, there's definitely, there's a charm to watching this stuff. Like they're yeah. all, but generally speaking, like they're never really terrible, terrible, but they're never mm-hmm. very great either. Um, like the yeah. only one I could hands down recommend is Ride of the Devil. Oh fuck, yeah. that movie is so that, good. That, that is so good, and it captures everything I love about the idea of Hammer Horror. Um, the first. Oh, you the, mean the Devil Rides Out? Devil Rides Out. Sorry. Yeah. 
not writing yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, not writing the bullet. I'm conflating yeah. these things. Uh, yeah. Uh, Double rides out. That's like top notch. Mm-hmm. Um, but then everything else is like just okay at best. Like working through like the Christopher Lee stuff. I do plan on watching the next one I need to watch in Christopher Lee's uh, Dracula stuff, which is Scar mm-hmm. Dracula. Um, yeah. And it's Dude. like. They're, they have charm, like you said. Yeah, they're 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 okay. They're not yeah. they're not doing anything super special. They're just mm-hmm. like, and that's like a lot of them. They all, they usually look good. Um, they're pulpy, mm-hmm. but they never really go beyond that uh, ever. <laughs> so right. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Like I think that the first uh, Christopher Lee Dracula is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a very enjoyable movie. But like all the Frankenstein's and the mummy stuff, they are like okay. I, I think the mummy is good though, it, or yeah. like the yeah. I think that one's there, okay too. There's a couple that I actually like quite a bit, but I can't um, I can't remember which ones they are. I'll mm. look it up. But okay, I had I had a bunch of hammers on my list too, but I honestly I don't know if I'm gonna get to them this year. Yeah, you're uh, you've got a ways to go. I'm a, I'm a I'm a little bit behind to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, you got uh well you got uh just about ten mm-hmm. days here to catch up. Oh, oh, actually, so you you said Scars was the one you're on next. That's the next one for me. I uh, that's the one I really like. Oh, wow! <laughs> From okay. a, a Criterion alum, uh, Roy Ward Baker, who did A Night to Remember. That's correct. Yeah. So that that movie rules. It's really goofy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's like I I would like to finish those all off. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of the next few Halloweens, but yeah, I just like there's a oh, there's so many ha- uh, Hammer ones that I'm like, yeah, I'll watch that. But then mm-hmm. you watch me go, that was fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but in a lot of this stuff, it's like especially North America, they seem to be like a real pain in the ass to watch. The like, Scars of Dracula, I believe, is actually public domain. Um, or maybe no, that's a Satanic Rites of Dracula. That one is public domain, mm-hmm. and then the after that, it's like there's no great presentation of a lot of these. The Blu-rays come out in the UK, but they don't get released here. Or if they do, it's always the same ones over and over and over again. They don't go into mm-hmm. the deeper ones, let alone like the Quatermass stuff, which like they mm-hmm. really don't uh, do any loving for here stateside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also watched, and I don't think I brought this up yet. Uh, this little film called Empire of the Dark. No, I'm not familiar with said movie. Okay, so this movie popped up uh, on my radar because I saw a few people on Letterboxd watching it, and mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is that? That looks like, that has a really nice looking cover. I guess it was like on a, um, the uh, Red Letter Media's um, Best of the Worst recently. Oh, okay, sure. Um, and it popped up again. It's like, it's another kind of uh, uh, list. It's another part of the, like, the vanity project genre of, like, mm-hmm. guys who shouldn't be leads or directing movies do both. Mm-hmm. And they make movies about themselves uh, and like their wish fulfillment, and they're just doing ridiculous things because they think that they fancy themselves action stars. So this particular fella, uh, I think I posted some Instagram photos of this this like kind of like schlubby looking man with a mustache in a grocery store. Yeah. Like this is again a movie that like I don't know if it falls into the horror like genre necessarily. It, it jumps over everything, but he definitely is fighting against Satanists. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the like a, a devil who's like killing people in cars, so it definitely has horror trapping. So it fits. Uh, so this 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 piece of shit, um, this very enjoyable piece of shit though. Okay, if you're like into like watching just like bad movies, um, right. this dude, he like his wife and child were kidnapped by cultists, and he went and saved them from hell, but he could only save one or the other, so he mm-hmm. saved his child, and his wife was caught in hell with these cultists, but then it turns out, like, 30 years later, these cultists are still alive, and now his son's all grown up, um, 
mm-hmm. that he didn't know he had still or something like somehow he didn't know this child was his mm-hmm. um and then he fights like ghouls wearing ninja costumes there's like there's like lots of sword montages and him being like a man about town and like hitting on ladies even though he's just like wearing like t-shirts tucked into his jeans and denim jackets just like just like a real meat and potatoes kind of fella uh Mm -hmm. looks like he eats a lot of chili dogs and fights fights crime on the side uh yeah this movie's got like horrendous choreography um i don't know Mm -hmm. it fits into that this world that like once you watch enough movies and you're like you just want to watch something that's like hilariously bad but like mm-hmm. entertainingly bad and it's not just boring this is that type of movie okay. uh, so I didn't mind that Empire of the Dark uh, and then before I hand it back off to you I also watched uh, a my I think the only so far this month my only Hong Kong horror movie uh, mm. which is like not quite it's a category three film actually they're all category three what films what does that mean so what category that mean? so that means these are the movies that like were given the the R designation in Hong Kong which okay. like means like it's kind of like oh people shouldn't go watch this movie but once you give something that designation it means people go out of their way to watch them and they generally are like ridiculously violent and crude <laughs> and vile in a way that like North American movies very rarely achieve, particularly on this scale of like film craft. Like for these movies, like really do like they're mm-hmm. shot well enough and made well enough that like these horrible things happen. So they're like really well presented and it's like even more grotesque because of it. Uh, right. So Red to Kill is a story about um, a man who is living in a building that is also where like, I guess like in Hong Kong where like mentally disadvantaged people are also living in this like group home. And yeah. they've cast actual people to to like that have oh. me- mental disabilities in it. And there's this man, oh, no. and there's this man that there's somebody that's there who is running around raping and murdering women. And so the people in this like uh, this oh, apart this the people in this apartment complex they are like angry about having these people living there amongst them anyway. And they think that, Oh, one of them is the one that's killing these women too. Mm-hmm. Um, this person, this, this person that's killing uh, as well, he's uh, triggered by the color red. So when he sees a woman wearing red, he can't help himself. And there's lots of heavy breathing. Uh, this person is completely naked and like super like ripped and man, like just shredded and just raping away. And you get like full on like choreographed rape scenes that are like really well, like composed. Like these shots are like, wow, look at the way that the like the architectural framing in the ceiling matched the leg, mm. the shape of her legs as he forces no. her across the table. It's no. like this stuff is oh, it's so vile, RJ. Um no. oh man. <laughs> this on. this is the stuff I live for, is uh, talking about category three to you. <laughs> Come on. Uh so this this so the other so the other thing you have to keep in mind is because it's a Hong Kong movie, uh they really don't they have a particular way of doing comedy in their movies that like just completely does not fit the rest of the tone of story like we'll just have something like you have like slapstick jokes and like funny like it's usually like sexual harassment types of jokes that just don't play well even in 1993 when this thing came out um Mm -hmm. yeah so it's just it's a mixed bag uh and like even in like these like crazy like Brian De Palma esque like stock in sleigh scenes of like you don't know what's going to happen. They're, they just, mm-hmm. the, the movie's beautifully shot. It's got these like awesome blues that like only exist in like early nineties Hong Kong cinema. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, what else? Do we, what else can I throw out there? Yeah, and then you get these like brutal rape scenes, and like Jeez. it's they're like, what the fuck am I watching? And this is this is what Category Three is all about. Um, is is that what Category Three is all about? It is really it is. It's like it's about seeing things you won't see in anything else. Like it's a Jeez. and you can find this shit on YouTube. I do believe Red to Kill is streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, for oh, I I could watch that. Then. I, I well, we're in Canada, so I don't know if it's on that. Oh. If, if, if those means happen, um, but I did acquire a copy of this. I got a few other ones. Uh, one I'm really looking forward to is called Centipede Horror from like 1981. Oh. <laughs> what is? That sounds horrible. Sorry, I muted for a second because I was gonna sneeze, but I oh. think I cut myself off. Oh wow, that's what that sound was. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'll hand it back to you, RJ. What do you have to serve as a chaser to Red to Kill? Oh, fuck. Okay, well, I was going to go in order, but maybe I should... Red to Kill, huh? Yeah. Uh, straight maybe. to the, Is that straight to the top of your list? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be my number one creep Get. next year. Okay. Uh... Okay, uh, 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 you know what? I'll bring things back a little bit. I'll bring things back. Yeah. I watched uh, a Stephen King movie that, uh, on your recommendation, oh. <laughs> uh, it wasn't as much a movie as it was a three-part television event Yes. called Storm of the Century. Yeah, it is. Uh, this featured Tim Daly, voice of Superman from the animated series. And Star of Wings. And Star of Wings. And uh, Colm Fior, or whatever that guy's name yep. is. And uh, Frank Darabont... Uh, favorite that old man who's in all his movies i can't remember his name doesn't matter um so okay uh me and andrea watched storm of the century and we watched it over two nights actually it was nice it was kind of like we were watching it when it would have aired on tv because it was i think uh, over a weekend right yes yeah so i'd never seen this it is three uh hour and a half segments uh, I saw that you thought pretty highly of this movie, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, neat!" I was like, "I don't even." I I think that's a short story of his, but yeah. I'm not totally sure. I've if it is, I've never read it. Um, so we throw this fucker on, and immediately it's like, okay, I this is it's very Stephen King stock Stephen King stock Stephen King. It actually it really reminded me of uh, Under the Dome and um, shit. I can't remember now because I watched this two weeks ago, but uh, it's movies where like where Stephen King does this thing of the mist where he likes to put groups of people into a situation where they can't get out. And then it's like, but then he makes it bad for them. And it's like, yeah, I guess that's what horror is. Right. But he does it. He does it in a very particular way. So it's like the mist and under the dome. So it's this little island in Maine, of course, and a huge storm comes in and none of the people can leave. Uh, but then also coinciding with the storm, there's this weird guy who comes and kills an old lady and they're like, what's going on with this guy? And then weird stuff happens to people where other people start doing erratic behavior and this guy knows secrets, town secrets, mm-hmm. and he starts letting people know that. And so then needful the thing people, style, needful thing style. Exactly. So the townspeople start becoming on edge and as it develops, uh, you figure out that the the man who came into town is the cause of all things, and that he has powers. He can see, or he and, knows what people. What is are his name? Uh, it's something French. It's like Lenoge. Lenoge, yeah, it's like Jean Lenoge <laughs> or something like really dumb. Because because uh, it's an anagram. <laughs> oh yeah, for Legion. I, yeah. I 
Because he's uh, the devil. He's the devil. Um, so they find out that he's the cause. And uh, it, it actually does a good job. The first two whole parts are him doing bad stuff to the people. And he just keeps telling them. He's like, give me what I want and oh, I'll cool. leave. Yep. Give me what I want and I'll leave. Uh, and everyone's like, well, what do you want? And he just doesn't tell them. He just keeps doing bad stuff to them. Because yep. he's trying to build it up to the point where it's like, when once I tell you what I want, you're going to have to give it to me. Um, do you, should I say how how this plays out? I don't know. That's like uh, good enough. You can talk about other aspects. The one thing I want to throw out. Okay. This, so this was uh, directed by uh, one Craig B. Baxley, who no one's ever heard of. He's like mm-hmm. pretty like not the most prolific guy, but he was a stunt man who became a yep. director uh, in his own rights. Uh, he mm-hmm. actually is the one who directed Rose Red. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. Uh, and I still stand by. It. I don't remember it being particularly good, but he has three certified like late '80s, early '90s action like classics: uh, Dark Angel, Stone yeah. Cold, and Action Jackson. Those Ooh. they're they're very like they're definitely action movies directed by a stuntman because he Got knows it. how to he knows how to lay out the action. The movies are like they're dumb as bricks, but they are very entertaining and really cool. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of that Craig R. Baxley, and I uh, I think I remember. When I first like was reading about his stuff and watching those movies, I was like, "Wait, he also directed Storm of the Century, one of like mm-hmm. my my favorite TV movie experiences." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense, man. So, um, this it's actually pretty well directed, and it's all like, uh, like it's a TV movie. You can tell the the parts that like there is some CGI and it is very dated. Yeah, and there's some goofy stuff, but that's Stephen King. Um, so like you kind of, you get a mixed bag, you get some of the bad of Stephen King, but then you also get some of the really good, like the third part is where you get the dilemma where you find out what the guy wants. And then the entire town kind of has to have a town meeting about whether or not they're going to do it. Yeah. And, uh, that, that last like 40 minutes is so, so good because it's just dialogue of these people talking with each other about like basically like living with sin and if having this life where like you, you either make a sacrifice or you don't and whether or not you can, you can do that and you can live with it and how these people like interact with each other. It's fucking great, man. Uh, I really like this. I thought it was wicked. Uh, that last part, part three is really good. And I think this, this couldn't be done anyway other than a TV movie because you need those first two parts to really explore the characters because he does a really, uh, the guy, the director does really good job where he shows them. He shows you each of these town people. Like you're like, okay, well that's that guy. That's that guy. Like, you know, kind of how they react to things and they're like, you, you kind of figure them out, but then it also surprises you at the end too. Like the way some of the people respond to the, uh, ultimatum yeah so um yeah you couldn't do it any other way but it was good man i really liked mm-hmm. it yeah i'm glad it holds up because uh yeah. i watched this back when it aired on tv and i remember uh me and my buddy mitch uh we both like watched it that night and then like when we saw each other like the following few days later <laughs> we were like oh do you watch one of the centuries mm-hmm. like yeah it was awesome i was mm-hmm. like yeah i think part of it was like Comfiore kind of was uh kind of filling in that um kind of like that kevin spacey 
kind yeah. of like period. And like he's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's kind of like another, he's like another Kevin Spacey kind of deal. And it's like, oh, and he's great. Like he's like intimidating, and like you don't know what he wants, and it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just like a fun sort of TV movie, uh, better than like a lot of the movies that were like coming out at that exact same time. So yeah. watching it on TV it was like, yeah, this is pretty good. So I'm glad that it holds up fairly well. Uh, the one thing I'm looking at as well with uh, looking at the old uh, Craig Baxley's, I forgot that he was also he also worked on the uh, Kingdom Hospital, which was okay. the uh, Stephen King's like I think he was produced it or he kind of wrote it because it was a mm-hmm. it was the Americanization of Lars von Trier's The Kingdom. Oh, uh, yeah, interesting. And like, uh, yeah, I th- like Lars von Trier's The Kingdom is like fucking awesome. It's just like mm-hmm. like some of the best stuff I've ever seen that would have been made on television. Uh, it is really, really great. And we'll be talking about Lars von Trier uh, here in a few days. But I thought that was an interesting coincidence. Yeah. He also actually directed this uh, uh, movie about like uh, the early days of like the like of Utah and like the Mormon mm-hmm. church called The Avenging Angel. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that Craig R. Baxley, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good hand. Hmm. Yeah. So, no, I really liked it. And uh, so I'm... I, th- I mentioned before, but I think the three movies I've liked the most this month have all been made for TV movies. Oh. <laughs> which is so Storm of the and to follow that up, I guess I'm going to jump one here. But uh, after that, I watched Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, uh, which yeah. was another made-for-TV movie from 1981. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one totally fucking surprised me. I had no idea. Uh, what this was about i think you watched this last year and i think you gave it like a four or three and a half or something and i was like that's a good enough recommendation from you i popped it in the watch list and then uh, i got it this year so i threw this thing on and within the first about 15 minutes i was like oh yeah i was like this is the kind of thing i I really like so um dark knight of the scarecrow is a made for tv movie about uh it's like a small town southern america like miss southern like mississippi Mid- or midwest something. kind of midwest right? yeah. yeah it's like it's like a farming farming town there's a so there's a lot of like craw or whatever it's a farming town so it starts off and you see this like really big 40 year old simple-minded guy and he's playing with like a little girl they're picking flowers and you you see right away that he's like kind of slow and the little girl's smarter than he is uh, and then you see some townsfolk um, talking about it. Uh, most uh, importantly, the mailman, who is a podgy, kind of vile, poisonous man who's mm-hmm. really hateful about it. He's like, that motherfucker. He's like, he's going to do something bad. He's like, we all know it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking to a local farmer, uh, the mechanic, and a guy who works at like a feedlot for pigs. Um, so these four guys are like, oh, they like really hate this slow guy. And then what happens is the little girl gets attacked by a dog and the big guy uh, tries to get her out of there and then he takes her home and he tries to explain to the mother that it's not his fault, but he can't talk real well because he's he's like mentally challenged. So they think he did it. And so he runs home and he, to hide. And so uh, the mailman gets his posse together and they go out there because they uh, they think that um, they're like, he did it. He finally killed that girl. That's it. We're going to go get him. Yep. So they go to his house and his mother's like, I don't know where he is because she tells him to go hide. So they get out their hound dogs and uh, they're out in a big field. But there's just a scarecrow out there. And they're like, well, where the hell did he go? And then they find out that he's hiding in the scarecrow suit up on the 
um, like on the cross, mm. and they shoot the shit out of him. Oh yeah. And then there's a really nice scene where um, after they fought, shoot him like a million times, it's like kind of angled below. And the scarecrow's just kind of blowing in the wind. And I thought, like, when I saw that, I was like, man, this is fucking awesome. And, like, I was like, for a TV movie, I was like, whoever was putting this together, like, really knew what they were doing. Uh, and then they find out that uh, the girl didn't die. And that the big uh, big doofus guy actually saved her life. And then the four men are like, oh, shit. And then you cut to, uh, this movie has a lot of cut to blacks, which I think is really effective. Mm-hmm. Cut to black, and then it's opens there in a courthouse and they get acquitted uh the judge and the town found find that they did nothing wrong that uh they were defending themselves so then what happens next year (laughs) is uh supernatural occurrences of the scarecrow Uh, all these four guys start seeing the scarecrow around town and then the four guys start dying off um so that's dark night of the scarecrow yep uh i thought this movie was really fucking good this Mm -hmm. is probably one of the uh, my favorite ones of the month so far. Um, I don't really know why. Uh, I think it was the charm of the TV movie, which I find I really like now. Yeah. Uh, I think it was shot and directed really, really good. Like it had some really nice stuff in there. Um, I think the all the things that the characters do, it's like I was saying before, it's like all really logical stuff and it all makes sense and you never really question you're never like, oh, come on. Um, it's it, like it just seems really natural. Uh, and then the characters themselves are awesome. Uh, I saw in your letterbox review, you were talking about how it's so nice to see like real people. Yep. Like there's people who are like really fat and like disproportional. Yeah. And like they're the leads. And you never see that in movies. Yeah. Like, it really feels like, oh, it's like they're not just like fucking Michael Fassbender and yeah. like Jessica Chastain people. You're just like, I, oh, no, I'm really worried about them. It's like, no, you're not. They're just actors. Mm. And this, though, it feels like I don't like I've never these are look like just people like regular people in this situation. And it's like, I don't know. And then that that's the look of like um like like 70s 80s television movies mm-hmm. that like adds like an extra like level of like oh this feels like really like like again comfy it feels like this is really a nice feel to this like you don't get like it, it feels different than like a movie but it has like mm-hmm. a, a nice a kind of like a polish in itself right yeah so like i thought that was good too and like even so th- it's cool to see like actors like that because it's like these are real people but then i thought it was also nice like the way that they showed how these people lived was also pretty cool. Like the mailman lives at basically like the YMCA or it's like a old veterans hall for like old people. And he's just like rents a room out there and like, he just lives there and you're like, that's cool. Like, Oh, it's, it, it was like stuff like, and you see him like hogging down food and all, all the things that they do. It's like, nice. Like, I think they do a lot of cool stuff. You know, have, have you watched gargoyles? The TV movie Gargoyles? No, you did though. You yeah. really liked it, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yes, I did. I was just like, maybe I like, should watch that. Oh, you definitely should. Actually, there's a, I can, uh, there's like a, it's a short list of like really great, uh, made for uh, TV horror stuff. There's like not much, but they're like the stuff that there is, it's like I can <laughs> highly recommend. Like the Night Stalker stuff with uh, Kolchak, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, yeah, I could get on board with that. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. I was, um, I was surprised by how much I liked it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was two super good made for TV movies that I really liked. Great. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I was talking for a while. Do you want to hit some of yours off? Oh, too, or? okay. Um, so I've been, um, 
at work mm-hmm. at lunch hours. I've had some like time lately, and I'm like, you know what? Instead of going for a walk around the lake for like the third time this week, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch some stuff on YouTube. What kind of stuff can I find on YouTube? Uh, and I was like, I'm gonna watch some documentaries, some horror documentaries. Those are always like okay to spend some mm-hmm. time with. Uh, you, you might learn something. You get that fun vibe of like watching horror movies but like kind of also in some sort of context uh so i watched nightmares in red white and blue um which is it was like one of the early kind of like documentaries that was like trying to tackle what we were kind of talking about in the preamble about like the context of uh american horror movies and their their popularity in regards to like Mm -hmm. kind of the like wider like social ramifications going on at that point in time uh the one that i've never bought is like the talking point with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre about like the oil crisis <laughs> and be like, oh. oh, it's like, what are you talking yeah. about? It's like, no, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nothing, none of this has anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just like, I don't know. And like, I also watched, um, it's called Going to Pieces and it's like the history of the slasher film, which is like kind of like uh, a subgenre of like American uh, horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching them both, they're both very similar. Uh, you can, there's like, you can always be like, okay, there's going to be some talking head interviews with John Carpenter, with Wes Craven, with mm-hmm. everybody you can expect that's going to be on these documentaries. They're always going to, they're there for a soundbite. And then you always get some like, some doughball guy who's got like his, his deep insights into like horror <laughs> that like, oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. There's like, there's the one that always like, I roll my eyes at and it, I can't even think of it now. Cause it's just every time I try to put it on my head, cause it's like, oh, every time I hear it, just like justifying horror movies yeah. and like what purpose horror movies serve as like mm-hmm. something about survival and training people, <laughs> like it's something goofy like that. And I'm always like, ah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really get into that. Like just, just why do we have to justify horror movies? And there's always some guy yeah. who's got like a PhD and has written a paper about it. Who's <laughs> like, he's got, he's like, he's going to yeah. justify and make it okay that horror movies exist instead of just being like, Hey, sometimes red to kill just needs to be made, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, maybe not that, but uh, <laughs> I have heard people say that before. They're like, uh, it's like, why do you like horror? It's like, well, I just want to know what I would do in that situation. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what do you mean that situation? Yeah. Like, are you an old blind guy in a surrounded by werewolves? Mm-hmm. You probably die. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, I think I, I did make that argument because I remember uh, when I was watching uh, Mike Flanagan's Hush last year and i was kind of like yeah this movie like it gets your heart pumping and you're like "Ooh, i'm tense now and it's like fuck it's like what would i do if someone broke into this house and and you're getting that like virtual reality sort of sensation of like this is what would happen to me and like you're watching it play out and i think that's also what kind of kills it for some people especially if like a character on the screen isn't doing exactly what they want them to be doing they're like oh this is stupid and you're like when you watch it i I try to watch things with an open mind and being like well this isn't exactly what they're going for they're not like Mm -hmm. it's not an instructional video on what to do when you have a home invader it's kind of like oh it's a thriller (laughs) about a man wearing a mask with a kitchen knife it's like yeah that's what you're watching it's not anything else than that um so check those out and again like it's always like uh what they are what they are they're okay i guess like i've watched so many horror movies and i've seen like everything that they could throw at me that Mm -hmm. like i watch it just for the hope that i see a little bit of something or like a kill them like what the hell movie is that from and then i write down the list like actually from uh the going to pieces one uh Mm -hmm. there's like the one movie graduation day it's a slasher that i was like that looks kind of neat i'll put that on my list to watch um Mm -hmm. so i did that 
Uh, I watched a one of the uh, Vestron Videos line of movies they've been putting out. Uh, they just put out Waxwork, which I went in not realizing what it was. I thought mm-hmm. Waxwork was going to be an anthology, kind of like the 1924 like German silent film Waxworks, uh, mm-hmm. which I also watched this month, which was very uninteresting. Um, yeah. So Waxwork from 88. It's just like a movie about kids in high school who get invited to David Warner's house where he like makes like wax replicas of people. Um, uh. And he invites them in for a party and he's got like a giant tall waiter and he's got a midget waiter and they all, they're all there to like lure these kids in so they, they can like push them into the portal that's like invisible in front of the, gotcha. the waxwork uh, thing. And then each yeah. kid has like a side story where they're like in the diorama, but it's like a real space. So it's like, oh, you're in an old castle with this Dracula guy, or, oh, you're in this like old cabin with a werewolf guy. And then mm-hmm. you die and then you become part of the diorama. Right. Um, the problem with this is like the, the makeup's not bad. Um, the ending's kind of funny because it's like a giant big monster mash battle between like the town's like old people and like all these monsters that are now animated by David Warner, the mm-hmm. the evil sorcerer kind of fella. Um, but like all the stuff leading up to it is so uninspired and it's very like the blandest sort of like Tales from the Crypt sort of storytelling. Like it's very like easy mm-hmm. comics, um, but like it doesn't go anywhere. Like and like I said, like earlier, uh, I watch horror stuff to like kind of be seeing something new or like mm-hmm. a sp- like something like that. And this was just very by the numbers. Um, so like, unfortunately I couldn't really recommend this one too much. Cause it's just like there, it's like mm-hmm. not, it's not terrible or anything like that. It's just like, uh, it's biggest, uh, problem is it's forgettable. Uh, and I've still got Waxwork two to watch. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's in a two pack on this Blu-ray that I paid money for. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to watch that this month too. Yeah. That um, you paid money for. I did. Cause it's a blind buy and sometimes they don't work out. But then sometimes yep. if you don't buy them, uh, you'll be paying like $180 because they went out of print ridiculously quick. Or, sometimes. you know, you just go online or you have a friend that buys everything and you just borrow it from them. Yeah, why don't you do that? I wish. I wish I could, RJ. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also watched <laughs> probably one of the worst movies I've watched this month. Oh, nice. Uh, Deadly Friend, directed by Ooh. Wes Craven. Oh, nice. <laughs> so... I went into this movie knowing fuck all about it. Other than mm-hmm. it was, it seemed to be like a really uh, ill-regarded Wes Craven movie. Yeah. Um, I, d- I didn't know a goddamn thing about it. Other than there's the one, uh, the one gif that comes out of it of like the old grandma exploding after a mm-hmm. basketball thrown at her. And I was oh, always nice. like, that sounds oh. cool. Well, I was like, what the hell is that? For? Like, what was that from? I'm like, Oh, it's from deadly friend. I'm like, well, that sounds like an awesome movie, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize what was going on other than I assumed the old grandma was like the deadly friend and she was getting killed at the end of the movie. But no, yeah. that, that isn't what the story's about at all. Um, it's a story about a kid who moves with his sister, uh, to a new house. Or, mm-hmm. or sorry, with his mom. And he, this kid is a genius, we're told, because he's a boy genius. And we know he's a genius because he's built a robot. Because it was uh-huh. the because it was the 80s. Every ro- robots just show up in movies all the time, like Rocky IV. Um, mm-hmm. They just, they're there and they're like, oh, robots, aren't those cool? Like short circuit and mm-hmm. um, batteries not included, which I guess is more like little aliens than anything else. Um, but yeah, everyone loves Star Wars and that R2-D2, so we got to capitalize mm-hmm. on robot love. So this movie's got a robot. Um, but then there's like the old lady. 
she hates life and miserable people and she like shotguns down the robot and the kid's like super pissed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like also developing this like crush on a neighborhood girl who is murdered by her dad and accidentally. Ugh. He just like throws her down the stairs and she dies. And so she's like, okay, okay she's done. But then this kid and his buddy, they, they conspire, hey, we could take this like microchip we got from the robot and put it into her body. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> it's actually, it doesn't sound like a bad plan. Yeah. So they do this to reanimate her and they somehow wing it. It look mm-hmm. And like all the like, you'd think there'd be some good like effects in this movie. Cause it's like, oh, Wes Craven's got some connections, right? No, this movie mm-hmm. like looks terrible. It is so sh- badly shot and flat looking. Um, mm-hmm. Everything about this movie sucks. It just goes on forever. Uh, yeah. we, we get to the grandma exploding scene because what happens is like the the girl who's reanimated, she also now has like super strength because she's right. got a, a computer chip in her brain. That that makes total sense. Um, well, yeah. And then there's well, like yeah. whatever, whatever. This movie, it's it's yeah. trash. I fucking hated it. Um, I want I don't want to be anywhere near me, but it's in my house yep. still. Uh, you're welcome to borrow it anytime, RJ. No, I'm okay. I don't really like a lot of Wes Craven movies actually. Uh, yeah, I, I that's, found that's fine. You don't have to uh. like his stuff. Uh, and then I'll uh, talk about. I watched uh, Hatchet. The, oh yeah, the, was that uh, any good? Adam, well, I'll tell you, RJ. Let me let hold, me hear about hold, it. Hold hold your horses here, buddy. Yeah, pal. Uh, so I this movie's been on my watch list for a very long time. Um, because right. it's like you know, it's a Anchor Bay release. It's came mm-hmm. out a years ago. It's a horror it's a slasher. I mean, I gotta watch this someday. And like, I delayed and delayed and delayed. The one thing that always put me off is I remember uh, my buddy Corey. He watched this years ago, and he was kind of like, eh. and it's all I kind of yeah. remember him. Him being kind of like, I don't think you'll like this movie very much. Is kind of what he told me, and I was like, I wonder what that means. Uh, so I watched this. Uh, going in, not knowing too much about it other than it was some sort of slasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this movie starts off, it's, it's Mardi Gras and a bunch of like dudes are all down in New Orleans and they're all Ooh. partying, looking at tits, getting lays, nice. all, all that gross stuff. Um, and like you get a real sense quickly that Adam Green is not that great of a director because he doesn't know how to work with his actors, it seems, and like scenes just go on way too long. Like when you're supposed to cut, he just keeps filming them walking down the street and they're still talking. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, you could have cut that out, dude. Like, just cut it, cut that, cut this scene out. And like I shouldn't be thinking that when watching movies. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, these two dudes, they split off from their uh their college pack. Uh the one guy's just broken up from his girlfriend. Not that any of this fucking matters. Uh and they go on like a like uh, like a swamp, like a bayou, like cruise, like on a little boat with a bunch of other complete strangers, like all this other fodder. Um, they go down to this area where there's like whatever it is Victor Crowley, I think is the name of the like the Cropsy Cropsy kind of. He's the Cropsy in this. Yeah, he's a giant mutant man that like whose father, uh, played by Kane Hodder, he dies, mm. and I'm sure it's Kane Hodder in the Victor Crowley costume as well. Sure. Uh, they go down there and they, you know, they have nothing to do with anything that ever happened to uh, Victor Crowley, but they're there. So they're going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is very bad. Like it's just got like shitty actors, shitty characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the direction is not good. Um, the only thing I'd ever actually seen above Adam Green's that I think I remember being okay was that Frozen, 
The one with the the people oh, yeah, yeah. they get stuck on the gondola late at night and they have to yeah. figure out what to do, which I thought was like pretty okay, pretty good. Uh, this just like is loaded though with way too many bad things to like ever yeah. ever recommend it. But RJ, the fucking death and gore in this movie are am- uh, amazing. It is like yeah, it is so good. Like I was like, holy shit! Like I was not expecting how well done the makeup was. I guess like all the effort was mm-hmm. into that, like making like we're gonna split this person's head open. But like they do like a really great job of like really exploring that, twisting people's head off, getting people cleaved in half. Um, mm-hmm. Like it looks awesome. Like it's so much fun that stuff. But it's all just like enshrouded in shit and just like yeah, bad, bad, bad boring. 2000s filmmaking but then like in there is like really great gore stuff so like if you could just watch a compilation of that stuff you'd be like right. that's good enough um it's definitely like one of the uh that that's the highlight of it is the gore which i'm sure is like was the intent but like man you have to try a little bit harder than that like mm. i don't know like give it's not that hard to like give good convincing characters and stuff like that right it shouldn't i don't, mm-hmm. I don't think so but yeah. Well, I was wondering what the uh, appeal to that was because that movie has a reputation, uh, a cult following, got, I guess. Mo- yeah, exactly. Well, got some sequels from the less discerning horror people, and I will yeah. I will be the first to say that like horror fans generally are not the most discerning or consistent. Yeah. They will like things that you're like, why do you like this? And they're oh man, such such great sweet gore. It's awesome. And it's like yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's a bad movie with great gore. Like let's, let's gotcha. Yeah. So like, let's talk about this like rational human beings here. Yeah. I follow. Yeah. Not everything can be read to kill. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. One of those days, hey? Uh, anyway, so what, what do you what do you got for me, RJ? Well, you want to hear about a bad movie? Yes, please. Here's a bad movie. Sorority House Massacre <laughs> from 1986. Holy baby. So, so I think, why is this bad? Okay, well. Which so one is I'm this? Going through, I'm going through my co-ed movies. Yep. Like, uh, I think people know that Sorority House Massacre 2, I think, is super good. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, though, so it's like I mentioned before, there's like a sticky area between the Sorority mm-hmm. House Massacres and the Slumber Party Massacres and how they kind of technically, like, at one point, they crossed paths in the franchises yeah. where they, like, took over. So I'm trying to go and, like, I watched Slumber Party Massacre first and then I watched Sorority House Massacre 2. And then I watched Slumber Party Massacre 2. And then I watched Sorority House Massacre is my progression. Okay. So, like, some, some of them actually, like, kind of build off of the other ones. But it's really weird. Like, they cross. So, this movie sucks uh, because it's boring. Yeah. And there's no kills at all. Ugh. There's no n- nudity. Uh, there, well, there's a little bit, but it's pretty bad. Um, but also, it's like they didn't want to make a horror movie. But they had to because they couldn't make anything else. So this is it's same old, same old, same old. It's a sorority house and a girl moves in and she starts having like she starts having visions of uh, stuff happening. And the other sorority girls don't believe her. Uh, And then you also see a side story with a guy in a mental institution and then he breaks out and then he goes right to the house and then he uh, he kills a couple people and then the movie ends. Mm. Uh, they also tried to do that art house stuff I was telling you about before where the girl it's almost like Nightmare on Elm Street like the girl's having these dreams and she she dreams she walks up to the sorority house and there's like little girls outside and then later in the movie when her and two of the sorority girls are like trying to hide from the uh, killer they're the little girls 
in from the dream and it's like why are you doing like i don't know i feel like they wanted to make a different movie but they had to make a, a slasher because that's i don't know maybe they thought it would work better but no it's just boring uh there's hardly any kills until the last 20 minutes and they're not very good mm. and uh there's no nudity either which is um one of the reasons i watch these co-ed movies because i'm a big horn dog yeah tits tits Ass. so i yeah, I would not recommend that one. Okay. But uh, I'll make a ranked list once no- I've finished. Noted. So you know what you should watch is uh, House on Sorority Row. I'd be very interested to see what you think of that movie. Because that movie, I remember not liking at all. But it seems like yeah. a lot of people like that movie. Um, I'll throw it in my list. Yeah, House on Sorority Row. It, okay. it's, it gets all very confusing because they, they all have the same. Yeah. They, they have sorority, party, and house. And you have to and massacre. and But they're all like, there's like eight different movies and they all have the same words popping in and out but that's one you should check out because I remember watching it I think it's got like a like Harlequin clown masked killer or something like that um, I, I remember it being really boring but I think yeah. like, I see a lot of people say that's like one of the best slashers they've seen and then I've seen mm-hmm. like only a couple people that agree with me that it's like really bad but I'm really curious if maybe I watched it in a bad mood or something like that I'll, uh, I'll give it a look I'll see what it's like because I have a couple more of these co-eds to watch. And you, have, and you have cheerleaders to get to, too. Yeah, I got the cheerleader massacres, too. So I'm going to try to do all sorts of sexy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so next, uh, we had a Friday the 13th. We did. And uh, use that as an opportunity to watch uh, Friday the 13th, part six, Ooh. Jason Lives. So I, um, I haven't seen all the Friday the 13th. That's one franchise that I actually haven't seen a whole lot of when I was younger. Yep. So uh, I think a year or two ago, we had a, a Friday the 13th where when I was still a student, I could uh, choose when I worked. So I took the whole day off and I uh, just started the franchise over because that's going to be my thing now. I'm just going to watch these movies on Friday the 13th because it saves me uh, trying to figure out what to watch. So I'm making my way through the franchise slowly yep. by... I am doing the same thing. Doing mine the same mine thing. are all rewatches, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So the next one's April next year. <laughs> all right. So maybe maybe I can finish uh, or I can get a couple down because I wanted to do more than just the one, but I only got the one. Yeah, same. So uh, I've heard a lot about part six. Uh, I've heard it was this is one of the better ones. It's directed by Tom McLaughlin, who did your favorite movie, Sometimes They Come Back. <laughs> um, so I've I've heard this one was pretty good. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you could tell he wanted to write a Frankenstein movie kind of. Yeah. Um, so Tommy, uh, the, I guess who they made Jason's like nemesis for some reason. Um, Tommy goes to the graveyard. He doesn't believe he's dead. He digs up his body and then he punches a iron spike through his heart and then it gets hit by lightning, resurrecting Jason and uh, zombie Jason is now here and he's now the norm. Yep. And then he's kind of going around town trying to warn people that Jason's on the loose, but no one really believes him. Uh, I remember I watched this on Friday the 13th, which is now uh, nine days ago. Yep. Uh, I liked it. I didn't think it was super great. Um, And I'm actually having a hard time remembering what happened in this movie. (laughs) So I don't know if that's a sign, but uh, I remember I enjoyed it. I just didn't think it was anything revolutionary so mm. yeah. I, I remember it was kind of goofy and it was um it was playful but not in a like embarrassing way like i thought i was like okay it was a little tongue-in-cheek or something but 
yeah. Know. Yeah, they all got goofier as they go on. Um, yeah. yeah, the one thing that... Uh, so I watched Friday the 13th Part 5, because uh, yeah. that's that's where I am watching them again in order. Uh, and what would I say about it? Five is definitely the weirdest entry in the Friday the 13th because it's like the one that doesn't have anything to do with like the Voorhees Mm -hmm. family. It's like, it's like, um, you're supposed to believe that it was until there's a twist and it's like, it's the ambulance driver. Spoilers. Um, isn't that part? That's five. Oh, that's five. Yeah. Because, because, because the first, the the first one is Mrs. Voorhees. And then two, three, four is like the one storyline essentially, which like, and those like two, three, four are fantastic. I think they're like, oh yeah, like really good. I've seen some people like, not like three. And I'm like, I don't know. People, people need to watch two, three, four together. Cause those are like, they're very cool movies. I like them. Mm -hmm. I like those a lot. They're like really well made too. And even five is like actually a fairly well made movie. I just don't like it because. The, I don't know the the kills themselves. They seem to be so neutered, because um, mm-hmm. by this point the MPAA had been coming down on like those like particularly the Friday the Thirteenth movies, but like slasher yeah. movies, and so like all this like great work that like special effects guys are putting into making this stuff, it's just mm-hmm. being it's just being cut out, um, and like we still do not have like the like latter Friday the 13th, like six, seven and eight, they're all edited. Like they're all like, yeah. there's just like all this stuff is like lost footage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really like bullshit. Cause you can tell too, you can like absolutely go wait. That feels like that was truncated. Like there was more mm-hmm. to that scene than what they left in there, but they had no choice that they wanted to not get the, like, uh, the X rating, like, or the NC or, or NC 17. It's like, if you want an mm-hmm. R rating, you got to do this and this and this. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. always frustrating. And five, definitely, you feel that the most. Like, or that's the beginning of it. And then mm-hmm. the movie just is like, like all these characters walk into a frame and then they go, ah, and then you cut to a weapon. Ah, and then you mm-hmm. cut to them being hit with it. And it's like, that's every single kill in that movie. Pretty unimaginative yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that movie, I... I don't know. I remember always being like bummed out because like uh, I watched all these movies way back when I was like 12 and I remember mm-hmm. going through it all and being like that movie was like, what the hell's the point of that? Jason's not even in it. There's a guy wearing a Jason mask, but it's such bullshit too because the, the ambulance driver on top mm-hmm. of the hockey mask, he's also wearing like a like fake face underneath because like when he dies yeah. at the end, the mask comes off, but it's like, it looks mm-hmm. like it's exploded out. Cause like they have to cover up the fact that this guy's got hair and Jason doesn't have hair. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's just like, it's just stupid. That movie's dumb, dumb, right. dumb. Uh, well, but they're, you know, the Jason, they're Jason, man, you know, you gotta love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't have to love them all, but yeah. no part. I, I liked part six. I just don't remember anything about it hmm. 10 days later. Yeah, so that's fine. There'll be some movies that I'm going to talk about that. I'm like, I don't remember you anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, um, next up, I watched my Ful- Fulci movie of the month. Oh, uh, Lucio Fulci. Yeah. Um, I watched lizard in a woman's skin. So I think I'm, I like Fulci. I think for the most part, uh, city of the living dead is really good. Not really good. It's kind of, but it has cool parts. Yeah. Uh, the Beyond is really good. Uh, I really liked House by the Cemetery. Mm-hmm. I thought that movie was really good. I don't love Zombie. Yeah. So I don't love Zombie and City of the Living Dead. It has some bo- slags. So I watched Lizard and Woman's Skin. Oh, the Psychic is is pretty good too. Yeah. So I more or less like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like Lizard and Woman's Skin. 
Uh, so this movie is about a lady uh, who's in like an apartment or something and her uh, sexually erotic party animal neighbor is a lady that she doesn't like, but she has sexy dreams about her. Mm-hmm. And then she has dreams that she kills her. And then the lady actually dies. And then you're trying to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's very, all very spooky and there's all very uh, psychic stuff. And, and psychedelic. Psychedelics, yeah. Um, sometimes I like movies like this. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like when you're talking about Eyes of Laura Mars. I think that's like almost kind of follows a very similar. It's, gi- it's a giallo. It's like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It fo- but like that movie I loved. Um, and this movie I don't know, man. To be honest, I was just kind of bored watching it. That's fair. And uh, I don't know. Like there were some things I was like, that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, I thought the ending was lame. I don't like endings like that. Um, I won't say what it is, but. Uh, I thought the ending was lame. Uh, there is a pretty gross scene with uh, a bunch of like coyotes wired together or yeah, something. Yeah, that was the uh, Carlos Rambaldi uh, thing that he like got brought up on like animal abuse charges in Italy of all places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was all like fake. It was all like that was like I'm, that, 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 I, I thought it was fake, yeah. but at the same time, I was like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I don't even really have much to say about it because. Um, I don't know. I just, I, it never really got me interested in it, right. even though it had lots of boobs and mm-hmm. like groovy 70s stuff. Sexy, uh, Europe, those sexy European yeah. actress ladies. Which I'm usually into. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I was, uh, I was kind of bummed out because I was like, oh, I thought that was good. I wanted to watch it. And then I was like, it wasn't for me, I guess. Right. Were you expect there was no, and I'm surprised you didn't say, and there was not even a lizard in a woman's skin, not once. Oh, yeah. What a bullshit title. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. this iguana. They should have, yeah. Well, even the cover, it has like a lizard coming out of a woman. So I was expecting like lizard people. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah, I think, I think maybe you went in the, expecting a different type of movie. I, the, I, I think so too. Yeah, because it's like I, because I knew going into watching this like back when it was like, oh, this is a giallo, and watching it, I was like, oh, okay. And like, so I think it's actually one of the better giallos that I've watched. Like, I put it, yeah. I'd say it's like for me, I, I enjoyed as much as like Eyes of Laura or Eyes of Laura Mars. Like, it's like sure. to me, like for that. Yeah. But like I said, giallos are a weird uh, genre that some people like absolutely love, and there's so many of them. Like, they mm-hmm. made so much of the, that shit, um, and they always have the best titles. But then you watch them, and you're like, oh, which one is this one again? They all are kind of the exact same story over and yeah. over and over again yeah so i think that's actually probably what it was like because i do usually like these but i think i was in the mood for a creature feature mm. and so i was like lizard cool nice but uh it no, didn't no, no lizards no lizards so i was like oh man but uh yeah should I talk about some more? Or do you yeah, want to? Oh, you can go. For, yeah, name, do another one. Okay, I'm gonna hit you with a double header. I'm gonna hit you with my baby movies. Oh, fuck. so already? Shit. Get. Okay. Yeah, because I I don't have. I'll hit you with my babies, and then I have four left after get, that. Get, so. get, get. Go tell me about these babies, and okay, they're, and they're so. both and they're both Jarrett picks too. These are both Jarrett picks. Uh, yeah. So I the other on Friday night I got home and I was like I'm gonna watch some baby movies, man. So <laughs> as you I do. got my. As you do, I got my creature feature in. Uh, I watched The Suckling, yeah. which has an amazing poster, uh, which is uh, an awesome poster. Yeah, that um, that monster baby thing. 
Yes. Uh, this was a very low-budget horror movie, it appeared. Uh, this, <laughs> it appeared. <laughs> this movie uh, was nuts. Uh, I was sending snaps to a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, a lot of this movie. There was some sexy stuff with... Uh, okay, let me tell you about this movie. Dude, yeah, you, you can tell the, the listeners about it because I know about this movie. <laughs> okay, so it starts off with like a Texas Chainsaw-esque uh, like bumper where it's like... It's like there was a one girl survived a massacre. The filmmakers of this movie believe that she was telling the truth. Uh, so there is a young teen girl who gets pregnant and she goes, her boyfriend takes her to get an abortion. And the abortion <laughs> is at a whorehouse uh, run by a lady called like Big Mama or something. Yeah. So there's this lady, Big Mama, uh, and she runs half whorehouse, half abortion clinic. Uh, so the girl goes in to get an abortion and while she is, before she ha- happens to go in there, you see some of the prostitutes at work uh, with guys with little beanie hats and whips and dildos and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and then you see uh, an abortion uh, with a coat hanger, basically. And then you see her cleaning <laughs> off the coat hanger lady and, later and putting her lab coat on it. Uh, this movie is very gross. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of really gross talk yeah so they scoop out the baby with the coat hanger (laughs) and they flush it down the toilet yep but underneath the house in the sewer uh about a block away there was a can of toxic waste yeah (laughs) that was spilt over uh and you actually get a pretty cool uh mutation scene uh of a fetus going from uh aborted fetus to the suckling which is kind of like just really elongated uh, digits and uh, limbs and his head is elongated and he's got teeth and he's like, he's like a monster. It's spooky. Uh, And then the suckling uh, comes up from the sewers, uh, puts some fleshy blocks on the doors and windows. Yeah, he coats the entire building with this like goo. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, a uterine wall, I guess is the metaphor. Perfect. Uh, and then he comes through the drains and starts killing everyone because yep. he's like, fuck these people for aborting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really, uh, it's gross Yeah, because of the coat hangers and mm-hmm. all of the abortion talk and flushing fetuses down toilets. That's very gross. Uh, the, uh, the acting is very bad. Yep. But the, like I said, the mutation scene is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like, I actually thought it was good. Uh, the deaths are actually not bad. Um, the effects are okay for the most part. We get some stop motion in this movie, which is cool. Um, it's not good, great stop motion, but right. it's there. And then uh, later you get a guy in a full body suit, like a la Alien, um, yes. H.R. Geiger style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's running through a house, like terrorizing people. Um this one was actually pretty good, and I think I watched it because you liked it last year. But yeah. uh, uh, I was like, "Nice!" This it was the creature feature that I was looking for. But like on top of that, it's just like vile and like horrible yeah. shit. Yeah. It's really dirty. Like you feel. Yeah. Uh, I remember I asked you before I watched it. I was like, "Would Andrea like this?" And you're like, "Fuck no." Yeah, it was. <laughs> that's a direct quote. Yeah, I uh, which I think was probably the right call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think she would have. If she had saw seen the abortion scene, she probably would have checked out right there. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the suckling. Uh, if you want to feel dirty and gross for an hour and a half, that's the movie for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. And yeah. then uh, 
sorry, do you have anything oh, else to say? I was going to say, yeah, no, the suckling is, um, it's not for everyone, but no. it's like, if you want to like, to watch something that like, like really like a filthy, scummy horror movie that you're like, mm-hmm. it's like trauma, but like, I think it's like a little bit better because it's like, it's not as stupid jokey. Yeah. Like, but yeah. it's like, it's trashy and weird and like, I don't Gross. know. It, it's, yeah. It's like made by like a troubled person. It's great. It's made by a Jared Duncan, I think. Yeah. It's exactly the movie I, I expect you to watch, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, surprisingly, I thought it was not bad too. Yeah. So uh, that's okay. Yep. Um, and then I followed up uh, with my baby double feature with uh, a long waiting oh. movie you've been pushing on me for a while. A long time. Called long time. Uh, baby blood. Um, I don't. I didn't know anything about this, but they came out in the same year. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, the year I was born. Something. Oh, look at that! You're a baby. Yeah. There you go. I'm baby blood. Yeah, you're baby blood. Or, uh, or are you the suckling? I. Ooh, you'll never know. So, baby blood uh, is, I think, a French movie. Yes. And uh, so you get an opening. It's very Terrence Malick like with the creation of life at the deep sea. There's like te- uh, tectonic plates moving, and there's lava or something, and you get an over uh, narration of uh, something talking about how he needs to be born. Mm-hmm. He's like, all I need is to be born. In a squeaky little, like, French voice. In a squeaky little French voice, yeah. Uh, then you proceed to a circus where there are lots of big cats, uh, cheetahs and lions and stuff. And I thought that was kind of sad. But um, what do you do, I guess? Uh, so you see some big cats, and then you get, like, a animal poacher, basically, who brings in a jaguar. And is like, I got you a new one. Here you go. Um, and he's kind of hot on this lady who works at the circus. And then the jaguar explodes and a slug comes out. And the slug crawls into the woman. And now the woman how, is pregnant. How, how, does she, how does it crawl into the woman, RJ? Uh, through um, openings. Her vagina? Sure. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Uh, so it goes in. And then lady is pregnant, so she takes off. And then uh, the creature uh, can talk to her telepathically. From and the womb. Uh, he From the womb. And uh, he commands her to drink blood because he needs blood to mm-hmm. grow uh, and to be powerful. And she's pretty reluctant at first. Uh, but then she, she tries it a couple times. And over time, she is kind of bonding with this thing growing inside of her, even though he's very openly telling her that he is a monster mm-hmm. that in uh, about a million years will bring down the, uh, maybe not that long. It was like 400,000 years yeah. will bring down the, um, the reign of man and his species will rule. But first he needs to be born and he needs blood. Mm-hmm. So you see her trying to get some blood. She kills some people. She robs some people. Uh, and then she actually uh, gives birth and it's just, uh, and then some other stuff happens. Yep. And that's baby blood. I think uh, kind of, yeah, pretty much. I guess it, so. it, you can, you can elaborate if you want. No, Cause I know this movie is pretty, right. pretty hot for you. Oh yeah. I, I love this movie. Um, so, yeah. 
But yeah, no. What, what did you think of your experience of baby blood? I, all I know is that you sent at one point a uh, a worried email about like there's there's like animals in a zoo, and you were very concerned. Well, it, at that it was point. in the intro. I yeah. was like, there's a lot of circus animals here. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that that did bum me out. Um, it didn't really. They didn't hurt any of the animals, no. but they were very obviously trained circus animals, and circuses bum me out. Yeah. But uh, you're not allowed to do that anymore, so that's nice. I think, right? Ringling Brothers got shut down, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Circuses are kind of going away. Yeah. So I, I'm happy about that. But uh, so I watched Baby Blood and I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, and for why? I, I don't really know. Um, there's no real reasons why I didn't uh, love it. I just I thought it was good. Um, I thought there was some cool stuff. There's some cool scenes sometimes. Like there's one scene where she's like floating down a street uh, where she's like on a tram or something. I thought that was cool. Uh, I do like the idea of uh, mutant evil living inside of a, a person. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I liked it, uh, but I didn't really love it. So oh, you gave it four stars, though. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, like so, I think it's, it sounds so strange. You're like, oh, I didn't really love it. It's like four stars is pretty good, buddy. Maybe three and a half is more should be more accurate with mm. what I what. Uh, I thought about it, yeah. but I don't know. Um, I, I remember... it, it is good. It's just, I, I didn't, I didn't love it. That's all. Hmm. Yeah. No, like I love the way the movie shot. Like it looks great. Yeah. Um, and it's such a crazy, strange idea about like, I don't know. It just like, I've never thought of this as a story before and it just goes with it. It's like, yeah, this sort of like ancient old mutation floats up to the surface to go find itself in a woman. And it's just like, I don't know, the strangeness of the voice and like, just it's just such a strange idea and like for this thing growing inside of a woman and like mm-hmm. like kind of like you have to feed me and uh she, she starts like going into like mother mode and like her like the things that the the lengths that she will go to, to protect her child it's just mm-hmm. like such a ridiculous story and yeah. i don't know i i i just love this like what a what a strange weird thing because like it's like kind of like predates the uh french extreme uh, stuff like because it was like yeah, uh, yeah. still the eighties and like uh, French they don't really have a lot of horror movies and this is like this like weird like it's like the, probably the most American like type of movie that they could have made in a lot of ways but it's like so unlike anything else around there right um and like yeah like I think it ends on like this perfect beat <laughs> like it mm-hmm. just sort of like oh yeah that's like it's the everything's set in motion now and it's like the end of the world I guess. Well, mm-hmm. we won't get to see it or anything like that um but yeah it's just like this kind of odd little haunting kind of strangely touching story um mm-hmm. like if this movie came out today like i think it would like hold up pretty damn well um right like i think people would be like losing their minds over it i think it's a mm-hmm. lot better than raw <laughs> uh which, <laughs> I, I i agree with you on that one yeah like whereas yeah. that movie gets voiced lots of stuff gets like celebrated um but I just want to point out, this is like another movie that you're just okay on that has a female protagonist. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> there, what what else did I... There was something I watched at... Uh, um, Despot has a female protagonist. Kind of. And it's lots uh, of boobs and butts, I do recall. And uh, Killer Workout has a female protagonist that I liked. Mm, yeah. And uh, Return all, of the Living Dead has a female protagonist. All, all, under, I, the, all under the watchful eye of the, uh, the male gaze... The male gaze. They're they're, yeah. they're they're kept in check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- none of this vagabond baby blood shit about pe- women uh, gallivanting uh, around with a baby inside of them. <laughs> I 
I don't hate women. Jared hates women. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Like I, it's like I said, I liked parts of it. It was just, or, or I like I liked, I liked it. I just didn't love it. There were a few parts I was like, man, that's all. That's all, man. Well, it's not. Just, it has nothing well, to do. No, not only do you hate women, you also hate the French. I mean that that I, you, that that was probably more accurate. Yeah. I do not like the French extreme movies. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. Uh, I think. I, I don't like those French extremist movies. And, and, think... and or like or like the four hundred blows. You hate that too. Yeah, I don't like that. Either. I think I think we've there we go. We've hit the problem here. Mm-hmm. I don't like French movies. And women. Nah, not okay. women. So RJ, uh speaking of women, uh I yeah. watched some empowering movies about women. Uh sure. directed by Jess Franco. Oh god. Because, uh, you know, watching thirty five Jess Franco movies last year alone just wasn't enough for me. And it's like, you know, I got to keep on going. I got to keep Jess Franco, my most watched director ever. Uh, so I, I've got a few more. I've got like several of his movies. I haven't got to yet. Uh, this time out, I watched a little one called Macumba sexual. Mm. Um, this is a movie, uh, about a, like, I don't know what we call her. She's like the a queen of darkness and right. she's been alive for hundreds of years and she's she's bored she's she's done and she's found the perfect woman to like take over the reins from her so she can just die and then this person can continue on being this uh figure in the world um yeah. and of course uh as being a just franco movie uh the way that this uh power and uh, immortality is passed along is through cunnilingus um of course yeah so there's lots of like basically the the movie has like actually a very much like a Dracula layout where like it starts off as this woman who's like working for like a like kind of real estate company and she's kind of being sent by her boss to go talk to this princess so and so mm-hmm. um and so she goes off to this like kind of like island place cuz it's a Jess Franco movie it's always on resorts and like along like the European coastline uh so I Jess Franco I guess can just hang out in all these fanciful places and film mm-hmm. beautiful European women uh, having sex. Uh, and this is no different from a lot of those. Uh, mm-hmm. again, these movies, your mileage will vary. Uh, this one's fine. Uh, this is like definitely when you start getting into like, uh, deep cuts of Jess Franco, which many people will never, ever get to. Uh, this movie will exist there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of butts, lots of writhing butts, <gasps> male and female as they, uh, yeah, as they lick, breasts and eat pussy um and jared (laughs) good god um yeah so this is definitely a film that exists there's like some i guess like really weird visuals in this one that like the particular i think it's like right on the uh dvd cover too of like the like the this like princess macumba queen of darkness walking down the beach with like a leash and like on it's like a man and a woman that are like naked and they're walking on all fours it's like such like a weird thing you're like that seems like an obvious thing that i would have seen in lots of places but the way that just franco shoots stuff and presents it you're just like huh that's really weird and she like launches them on people and they they sexually maul people it's a it's a peculiar film um yeah sounds like it yeah so definitely an rj selection i think for next year uh i also (sighs) watched the perverse countess which is actually just uh a retelling of the most dangerous game uh a criterion creep uh, mm-hmm. about people getting like kind of ship shipwrecked or led onto an island where there's a in this case a couple that uh, hunt and eat people. 
Um, and there's sex thrown in for good measure and shots mm-hmm. of vaginas, uh, mm-hmm. fur mounds, uh, heaving breasts, uh, lots of European ladies walking around, mm-hmm. uh, being, and then there's like, uh, one scene that's like, like, wow, that's what sports bras are for where, uh, Lena Romay, uh, Jesse, just Franco's longtime girlfriend. She's like running through a field at full tilt, completely naked. And mm-hmm. it that doesn't look like a good time. It looks really mm-hmm. painful. From uh, your point of view, maybe. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure that's why sports bros exist, though. Is uh, well, th- that looks like? Then the other woman, she's like, like not running near as fast because she's like, yeah, that sucks. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that movie was like kind of a disappointment. It did. It didn't go. It didn't get super exciting. Um, yeah. But there's like lots of good shots of like meat just roasting on a spit. And like you know, it's a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just you know, it's Franco world. Uh, these are like unnecessary for, at the end of the day for most people to watch. But I would yeah. uh, tell people to check out my Just Franco ranked list and check out that top ten. Those those movies are pretty good. And I'm not. Um, I'm, not I'm not. I'm not. Ex- well, you've got one. You've got one to check. I do out. have one. Yeah. Is that the right one to start with? Probably not, but I, I mean, uh, I don't know if Vampiros Lesbos is the first one either to start with, but yeah. I, I, don't, I think it's like interesting to jump in because I think those his movies, like unlike a lot of filmmakers, even if you don't like them, you'll be like, kind of like, what am I watching? And then mm-hmm. like afterwards, you'll think about it and you'll kind of want, you'll want some more. Uh, that, is that, that what people say about you, Jarrett? Well, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I also, I checked out a, a real like, not even a hidden gem, but this movie is like pretty obscure. It seems uh, it's from the direct. It's actually from a, a director of Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Joseph Zito. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also directed a movie called The Prowler. But before he did that, he directed early on a movie called Blood Rage from 1979, um, okay. and it's like a low budget, like not really well distributed now uh, slasher movie about mm-hmm. a kid who. Um, he goes to see the town prostitute to get laid for the first time. Nice. It doesn't go well. He kills her accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, he's killed the wrong prostitute because she's been seeing uh, a local deputy. And the deputy becomes concerned about this uh, woman's whereabouts. And mm-hmm. uh, he goes about trying to find where she's gone because she just up and disappears. He doesn't realize that she's just been killed and her body's been disposed of. But mm-hmm. it's kind of about this like, kind of manhunt story, but also like a story about this like kid who's like a blossoming serial killer. Uh, Kind of in the, like it actually reminded me a little bit of uh, Rorschach from Watchmen. He's kind of this like lumpy looking guy, red hair, not very Mm -hmm. good looking, but he's like, he's, he's, he pulls a midnight cowboy by moving to New York city and trying to make a living there, living in like a dumpy apartment and like trying to like start a life. But like, he's like a repressed sex freak who's just going to keep killing women now that he's got a taste for it. Um, the movie's like all the weird clunkiness of like a late seventies kind of movie like this, where like just detectives, but like, they're mm-hmm. just like, like actually, um, Oh God, what's his name? Uh, Lawrence Tierney. He's like the one boss in reservoir dogs. The, the kind of like, looks like a bulldog of a man. Oh yeah. yeah. Snarly little man. He's a cop in this and he says all the, the dumb cop stuff you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. 
But this movie, like, I liked it. Like, it's just, I I love this these vibes I get off in late 70s slasher movies where they're kind mm-hmm. of like, they have, a, they have an unpredictability of it. I love the look, the fashion of that time, the way everything kind of looked at that period. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly when you get to New York, which was just like v- gross uh, beyond belief. Actually, speaking of Lucio Fulci, you still need to watch The New York Ripper because that, that movie is... Is it about a fart? Uh, no. <laughs> Well, then I don't care. Yeah. But it's not French and it's not about, well, it, it does have women in it. But um, mm. but uh, Blood Rage was interesting. Like, I don't even know how people could really watch this except through illicit means. Um, but yeah, like, it's like, it's kind of just like a, it's more like in the vein of like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer than it is like okay. a slasher where he's like dressed up in a mask and killing women. Uh, right. But yeah, it was a neat little movie. Neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, neat, eh? Yeah, real neat. Uh, and then, yeah, speaking of slashers, I watched a whole bunch of slashers, um, which are quickly turning out to be like even like average bad ones. I still enjoy. I like the right. predictability of uh, slashers and trying to see like what kind of new spin uh, every director or every production does with these mm-hmm. stories. Um, one of the better ones I watched was Night School, which I think actually just came out uh, from Warner Brothers Archives on Blu-ray. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a movie, like, it's pretty predictable where it's going. Uh, But it's, like, set in New York City. And uh, these women keep getting their heads chopped off. And their heads are being thrown into buckets of water. Pesky women. Pesky ladies. And uh, so this story is about a detective who we're constantly reminded is a Harvard school graduate. Like it's oh, one like of those. constantly like he brings it up. Other people mention it. Uh, so, cause, cause that tells you you're smart. You must be a real smart guy. If you went to Harvard and like, what the mm-hmm. hell are you doing being a New York detective? It seems to be uh, below your pay grade. You should be doing greater things than being a, a police officer solving mm-hmm. cases. Um, and so, yeah, this is a story about a cop trying to figure things out. And then like, you're like, obviously look, there's only like, two suspects that it could possibly be. And it's pretty obvious Mm -hmm. that there's going to be a twist because it's like the eighties and every slasher story has some sort of twist and you're like, okay, it's her. Yeah. It's her. No, she, she's a killer. We're supposed to think she's in trouble, but she's not. Uh, what elevates this above the rest though, is the actual, like, uh, the stalking slash, the actual buildup and execution of the like killings are really great. Um, they they're really they're actually suspenseful. They look good. Um, I don't know. I I think you could take the exact same staging and apply it to like a modern movie and be like, whoa, that's like excellent stuff. Um, but now because it's the '80s, people will be like, oh, it's old. No one cares. But it's like, no. Nah, if you made this, if you could like, stage stuff this well, like in fucking it, yeah. which I uh, haven't banged on yeah. about enough though. But man, that those like scare scenes in it are really bad. Um, and Night School reminded me of how good they can be. Hmm. Night school, huh? Sounds Night good. School. Yep. Not too bad. Uh, motorcycle killer. Uh, just like the movie Nightmare Beach, which uh, is a coincidence, uh, the director died like three days after I watched this. Um, we got another one, hey? Got another one. I strike again. Um, yeah. yeah. So Nightmare Beach, uh, it's also about a, a motorcycle 
uh, helmet wearing killer. Uh, this movie is set during mm-hmm. spring break. There is a nice. pl- pl- uh, plethora of tits and ass and ladies Ooh. looseness. Uh, this movie kind of has more like 80s crassness, which is kind of awesome. And I think you would uh, greatly appreciate. This one's just on YouTube as well. Um, nice. it's, it's in full frame, but I think sometimes watching slashers in full frame is like the best way to enjoy it because it makes you feel like you're watching a VHS tape of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie is just about like a, like a biker guy at the very beginning of it is executed for a crime he may or may not have actually committed. Uh, mm-hmm. but, and then for the rest of the movie, you think that this like you're kind of everyone thinks that this like guy didn't actually die, that he was like buried alive and then he came back and now he's like getting revenge with this uh, motorcycle that he has a like electric chair built into the back of it to electrocute people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then he also shows up in other places to electrocute people. But it seems like he's only targeting people who are like doing sinful things. And of course, there's a like priest character who's introduced. So of course, obviously, it's the priest character who's doing it. But that's the big right. twist at the very, very end. Uh, it has a very flat finish, um, but it has enough like mm, kind of '80s charm and like it really captures the vileness of Spring Break. Uh, something that I've never participated in, but I don't mm-hmm. think I would enjoy whatsoever. So watching it in movies where people are being killed is okay to me. It's it's where I feel safe. It's my safe right. place, RJ. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, then on Friday this week, I watched The Slayer, which uh, Arrow Video put out. Uh, I kind of went into this with low expectations because I had heard that this movie is not very good from many people who are like into slashers, into this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching it, I could see what they were talking about um, because it is a slow burn. It's like 90 minutes long, but it is very mm-hmm. slow. There's only like four characters who have gone to an island in the middle of nowhere who are just there on vacation and someone is picking them off one by one. But like it's at a pace where like one character disappears and then you get to spend like 15 minutes of the characters like shouting the guy's name in different locations on this island. <laughs> and it's just like, you know that they're not going to find them because you saw this guy get killed. Um, but like uh, like Night School, um, it, the thing that recommends it uh, is the fantastic kill gore effects, which are like actually fairly simple, but they're very effectively done. Uh, like it's the, it's the best death by pitchfork I've seen in a movie. <laughs> How um, many have you seen though? Uh, I think lots. I think pitchforks are an easy go-to, particularly anything set like on a farm. You will see yeah. many people be uh, stabbed to death with a pitchfork. Right. It, it's just, it happens. Um, and then, yeah, you get that. You get a, a really cool death using fish hooks. Uh, that's like Ooh. really played out well. And then there's the added irony is that this man is a fisherman who enjoys fishing and he is drugged to his death into the ocean via fish nice. hook. It's really well done. Uh, Then you get, yeah, like one of the uh, very convincing uh, death by uh, boat paddle. It's like, whoa, like it's like kind of like shocking. Like, how did they do that exactly? It looks really good. Very well done. Uh, Mm -hmm. The movie's like very slow. It's got kind of a bogus ending too. Um, There's like, I don't know, it's got a wicked movie poster. Um, The Arrow new art that they commissioned for it. It's hilariously misleading because you basically (laughs) see the thing that you see on the cover for approximately two seconds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an odd duck. It, it finally came out. Like this is like one of those weird slashers that's like existed and like people wanted copies of forever and ever. Now it's finally out. And now people can learn that. Oh, it's just okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like be, many things are. Like many things. Most things are just okay. Yeah. 
Um, but I'll uh, I'll hand it back to you, and then maybe we'll uh, we'll you do some, and then I'll do a couple more, and we'll wrap it up there. Well, I'll I'll, I'll be brief. I, I can finish up here. Uh, I took a trip with your buddy Brian Yuzna. Uh, these are some Jarrett picks because you you love that guy, I, I think, or right. early day Yuzna. Yeah, not progeny day Yuzna. No. So I watched a movie that uh, I remember you spoke very highly of called Return of the Living Dead, Part 3. Oh. Uh, did you know that I watched this? No. Yeah, I did. <gasps> so so I watched Return of the Living Dead, Part 3. Uh, and this movie is from that series. Uh, this one's got a little bit of a different take. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, The military is trying to uh, weaponize the zombie-ness of zombies. Uh, or like what the Return of the Living Dead zombies are, where it's like they're infected or they're all slimy and stuff. You you know the point. Yeah. Um, and uh, a kid of one of the military men, uh, his girlfriend wants to go see what they do on this base. So they break in and uh, they actually kind of um, they see that they're bringing people back to life and they're like, oh, shit. And then the kid and his girlfriend are on their motorbike and they crash and she dies. And so he takes her to the military base and uh, brings her back to life. Uh, but sometimes, as Stephen King would say, sometimes deader or dead is better. Uh, and she is brought back to a horrific reality, which she doesn't like. Uh, and it's actually uh, this is actually a really good um, love story. Yeah, wrapped around a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched this movie, uh, and I thought it was really good, actually. Uh, it has awesome effects. Oh, so just so, am- so so good. Uh, all of the creatures and zombies and all of the practical effects are amazing. Yeah, I think some um, of, some of the best of the, some of the best uh, of its era. Yeah, yeah, some of the best. Uh, so that's all amazing. And honestly, uh, the story and stuff like it was all really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like this movie. Um, I don't know what else to say. Uh, uh, Brian Yuzna was pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, your girl Melinda Clark or whatever oh, her name is, uh, she was looking pretty foxy. Yeah, she she is a, a total babe in this movie. She is a total babe. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I really like this because it was um, it's like I said, it was kind of like uh, it was a love story, and it was kind of sad mm-hmm. because it was like uh, it was like they wanted to be together but they couldn't, and then they tried to fix it but it, they made it worse. And you just feel bad for him. And then uh, there's a nice guy in the sewer. Uh, he, he's got a line, I think. He says, they call me Riverman. Uh, he's a homeless man. And uh, you really like him too. He's got spunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really sad later because then uh, at a later part of the movie, the kid goes back and he sees like all these people that have been turned into zombies throughout the film are like cataloged and uh, being turned into weapons mm-hmm. and you're just like oh man it's so gnarly to see like they put like a mech suit on one of the zombies so he's really strong yeah and it's, it's awesome uh you get one zombie who's just a spinal cord yeah. and uh, the head at the top that's wicked uh mm-hmm. yeah the effects in this movie alone are worth watching yeah yeah they're um, they're so great yeah. and and uh you the version you watched too was the uh uh Un- or unedited version so it's yeah. got like the full gore effects that were always chopped out which like I'd only ever seen that version and like I thought mm-hmm. it still like held up really really well but I'm glad that there's a fuller version of it now because yeah that movie is ace like when I watched that movie it was like um, I can't remember if I talked about this in a previous year or something like that but it was like 
like late at night on Space Channel when they did play horror movies like on Saturday nights in October. And this movie just came up and I was just like, oh, I guess I'll watch it. And like, I remember being like, this movie stuck with me, like for whatever reason. Like I've never been, this is like really mm-hmm. cool. And then finally, yeah, now it's maybe going to get some love because yeah, I think this movie's fantastic. Uh, I think um, Cine Family. Uh, the now uh, maligned Cine family because they had they had some uh, Weinstein esque scandals recently. Oh no! But like a couple of years ago, they they put together a trailer for this that was like awesome. They used like the great just great piece of music to it and edited mm-hmm. it together to make it look like a Romeo and Juliet story with the undead. Um, but yeah, this movie's dope. I'm glad mm-hmm. you liked it. I did. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, and then I followed that up with another Brian Yesna uh, return to life movie mm-hmm. uh, called Bride of Reanimator. Yes. <laughs> I, I think people are familiar with Reanimator yep. and the Bride of uh, Moniker for many movies, which uh, that Bride of Frankenstein gets used a lot, I guess. Um, this one, I uh, this one's really split for me, to be honest. Um, I think people know what Reanimator is about in Bride, right? Herbert West reanimating the dead. Yeah, and uh, and then he he's got a partner who loses his wife, and so they they try to make him a new wife with using her heart as the base, yeah. and then like lots of uh, other women get added to the monster that they make at the end. Yeah, um, this one was really split for me because uh, I think half of this movie is really great. Uh, I think like all the creatures that come out at the end are awesome. Yeah, like you see all the weird creatures that. Uh, uh, their Frankenstein guy, uh, what's his name, Jeffrey Coombs or whatever, yep. the actor. Uh, all the Frankenstein monsters that he makes, like there's like a person who is like two bodies sewn together, and then like uh, a guy that's like a head on arms, and like all these really weird oh, monsters. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I think like that stuff is really great. Um, but then I think there's a, a lot of stuff in this movie that I just like, I didn't care the, about yeah, the, the, the first half of the movie. Yeah. The first half of the movie. And then there's like this subplots with like a cop and then like <laughs> there's this girlfriend with the guy and there's all this stuff and you're just like, oh, who cares? So I don't know, man. I, I like parts of this, mm-hmm. but as a whole, I was kind of let down. I was like, Oh I was like, that's not really what I was expecting. So mm. that's all I really have to say. I don't know. Do yeah. you like Ride of Reanimator? Um, I'm like, I'm with you to a certain degree. Yeah. Like, but but at the same time, I think the like finale, the whole like all the yeah. effects and stuff like that at the end, make it a recommendation just for that. Yep. Like that stuff is like so great. Like it's so yeah. so 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 good. Uh, but yeah, like mm. I don't remember anything about like this when you're saying the stuff. They are. Oh, I didn't like this, and so I'm like, oh, I kind of vaguely remember that stuff. And then yeah, it's I think I remember being dumb. But I mean, like it's just trying to recreate Reanimator to a certain degree. Yeah. And like that's a movie that I think is like not that great in the first place. Like not as good as people want you to believe it sure. is. Like it's yeah. okay, but like I think this movie's like kind of like on the same level as that, but I yeah. mean the effect, I mean it's all about the effects and the monster yeah. stuff and like for me it's like if yeah, if you go into this watching it, like that stuff pays off. And like also I went back and read my review for it. Um and like I think I made some comments like there's like the one really great scene about like where Herbert West who's just like he's the ultimate like alt-right Gamergate kind of dude yeah. who just like talks about women in the worst ways mm-hmm. possible and just like oh it's so gross and he's like yeah but he's totally that guy like he's the icon yeah. for the people like this and he, this is like showing that like mentality fully on display mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And actually, uh, that's kind of you reminded me of one part that I didn't like where it's uh, they bring back the head of the villain from the first one. Yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of it was kind of like, why? And it was like just to have something there, I guess. Yeah, bring, I don't know. Get, get David Gill some work. Yeah, I don't know. Like that was one part I was like, oh, man, I was like, it seems like they're trying to hit too many beats of the first one. Yeah. Um, but you also remind me of one part that was like actually kind of grossed me out is uh the bride monster that they yeah. make uh when her body uh splits itself oh. when all of her all of the parts reject yes. each other uh that scene is fucking, fucking awesome gnarly man awesome like i <laughs> so actually good. got i don't get grossed out very often yeah. because it's like oh there it's mm. a movie who cares but i was like ooh, yeah no that 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 stuff is really like oh yeah. like it's like it, which yeah. is like what it should do it should be revolting yeah. like i shouldn't be like marveling it it's like yeah it's like and it's like the right colors like brown and reds yeah. and just ugh. see that's what i mean uh half of this movie is five out of five mm-hmm. wicked good and then the other half it's just like eh. So Indif- you're indifferent to. Yeah. yeah. But all that ending, man, that last 30, 40 minutes, all that creature stuff, that's worth worth it just to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched The Plumber, which was a movie you watched last year. Yes. Uh, another Criterion alum, Peter Weir. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Peter Weir is awesome. Uh, the Plumber is, uh, I guess, what you could call a suspense thriller. Yes, yeah, since we were talking well, about that, it earlier, that, that that is a movie that also kind of falls into the weird yeah. space of thrillers and horror. Of thrillers, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this movie is uh, very good. Uh, it's very tense. You don't know which way it's going to go. Uh, the guy who plays the plumber, I think, is awesome. Uh, that guy rules because he's very sleazy. Uh, Andrea hated the ending to this movie. She thought it was uh, very lackluster, uh, mm. and uh, that nothing happened. Um, Hmm. but uh, I liked it. Uh, I, you've talked about it before. People, it's just like a plumber comes into her house and yeah. is he a, like, is he supposed to be there or is he not? Like, and that's the whole movie is this tension. It's like, it's like you let people into your house cause they say they need to go there. Right. Like you call the cable guy like I did last week. And then the guy came and came into the house and it's like, is he supposed to, it's like, you never know what they're doing. So yeah, it's, it's a very real thing. And it was good. I would recommend it to people. Yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, what, what did Andrea, was she disappointed that it didn't end with, like, the plumber, like, falling from the top of the building and landing on a pipe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wanted, uh, she wanted the lady to go crazier and to oh, kill the plumber. See, that's just, whatever. That's just, yeah. that, you can watch a lot of movies of that ending. Well, actually, you know what you, she said? She tell, was like. Tell Andrea to watch Pacific Heights. They'll, then she'll get that itch scratched. Oh, okay. That that she, very similar type of movie, and it's got yeah. more of the the '90s sort of thing that she wants. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she was just a little disappointed. But oh, uh, the next movie, which was a JFD recommendation uh, from Jarrett Francois Duncan, yeah, uh, was Killer Workout Baby. <laughs> uh, so this is, I, I think, the motivation for Death Spa. They even write Death Spa on a window here, and mm-hmm. I looked it up. This came out two years before Death Spa. Okay, so. Killer Workout is a movie that is basically a music video of girls doing aerobics. Yep. Uh, apparently, this was also released under the alternate title Aerobicide, uh, <laughs> which is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, but it doesn't have the same panache as Killer Workout. No, it doesn't. Uh, Killer Workout's got it's. You know exactly what they mean. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is very much like uh, Death Spa, yeah. kind of. Uh, this one has way more working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's like I said, it's like a music video because uh, there's at least six or seven scenes that is just the class 
doing their aerobic like dancing yep. to music and it goes on for a long time yep. but it's nice yep. uh, this movie's got a lot of boobs mm-hmm. uh, it's got uh, some kills uh, not the best kills yeah. not like in uh, Despot yeah. so this movie lacks is second to Despot because of the awesome brutality and like gore in those back end and uh, the colors in death spa mm. uh but this movie is also uh very good because there's lots of working out uh you get a lot of dudes with muscles uh fighting each other uh there's one fight scene which i actually think they did pretty well uh it's just two dudes beating the shit out of each other <laughs> and uh i thought that was really good actually like uh andrea what andrea said she was like um she's like so this movie is just half porn stars half uh, bodybuilders and they just kind of all got together and just had fun. I was like, yeah, I guess. Uh, she wanted me to mention there's a scene where a bodybuilder guy and a uh, girl are out in the backyard and then the girl leaves and then the guy picks up a, t- a landline telephone uh, from the middle of a uh, lawn and trees mm-hmm. and proceeds to make a phone call and Andrea was like, where in the fuck is this phone connected to? Because they're just out in a bush Um but no, this movie's pretty fun. Uh, lots of working out, lots of uh, boobs, uh, all around pretty good. Yeah. It's kind of goofy near the end, uh, but you know, whatever. Acting <laughs> isn't great. That's fine. But uh, that's not what, why we were watching it. Right. So, uh, it was a good recommendation. Uh, more well, like that. It, it was a recommendation based on the fact that Andrea loved Death Spa. And yeah. I was like, well, there's only one other movie like it, and that's Killer Workout. But mm-hmm. you've already seen the best like aerobics-based horror film there is, which is Death Spa. So Death Spa. Killer Workout is a, a, definitely a drop down, but it's still mm-hmm. like uh, an enjoyable uh, slasher movie set in a uh, aerobics fitness club. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was good. Uh, I'd say if you were going to watch them, watch Killer Workout first mm. and then watch Death Spa because Death – well – I don't know. Death Spa is better. Death Spa. If you're going to watch any of them, just watch Death Spa, I guess. But if you really like Death Spa, then you could watch Killer Workout also. Absolutely. Um, Cool. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's all excellent. Uh, I've got a few others, but I'm going to just, we'll wrap up here. I'll talk about my three best movies that I've watched so far this, uh, this, at this point in October. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number one, uh, and these are like, this first one is another movie that like, I don't think it really fits into the horror thing, but like, this Mm -hmm. is like the highest rated horror movie on Letterboxd that I had not seen. And that's a Japanese movie called Demons from 1971. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this, I don't know if I talked about this on Creeps or not, but I'll kind of go into a little bit more detail here. Uh, so this is a movie about uh, a samurai who's, like, dejected. Uh, he's, like, on the verge of just, like, starving to death. Um, and he's, like, he's sold off all his, like, property except for his house to, like, basically get this uh, geisha woman to, like, stay with him because mm-hmm. he's, like, really falling in hand over heels for her. And uh, every, like his one guy that's still, like, his friend, he's, like, no, you shouldn't be doing this. This is, like, really bad. Like, this, what about your mm-hmm. honor? He's, like, I don't care about that anymore. I got I got this lady. Um, but so the guy comes back with him. He's like, Hey, I just like managed to go to all the people that you've helped out over the years. And we've just raised like a hundred dollars, which is a fortune in like the 16th century. Um, mm-hmm. and like, you can now buy yourself back in under the favor of this particular Lord and you can go help him go take revenge on somebody else. It's all very like feudal era Japan. And like, it's like mm-hmm. all like the strangeness of like the samurai code in like Japanese culture at the time. So that's right. not like that's the premise of it. So what happens though from there is so this geisha that he's hooked up with, she's a piece of shit. Um, her she's she's part of a hustle 
that's being pulled on this guy uh, right. with this, like, her pimp, essentially, that's also her husband. They have a baby that the, the samurai doesn't know anything about. And they basically mm-hmm. are trying to, like, just take all this guy's money so that uh, he they can take it and have a better life for themselves. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. kind of like a con being done here where suddenly she's like, Oh, she owes money all over the place. And then the guy decides to give this hundred dollars to like these people that she owes money to, to like pay off her yeah. debts and they can go and get married. But after he does that, it turns out, Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm actually married to another guy. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it starts the, 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 the slow burn madness breaking down of the lead samurai. who has been having these dreams about like, killing people and being chased by like these lanterns and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, but now he's just like he's decided you know what fuck these people I'm gonna go get my fucking money back and I'm gonna get revenge on all you motherfuckers nice. and so the movie is like so this is like pretty basic stuff like this movie actually should be in the Criterion Collection I'm surprised it isn't yet maybe one mm-hmm. day it will be um, but what kind of elevates it to like sort of being in the horror genre is like the violence the the, okay. the, the goriness it's all black and white so they can mm-hmm. go, and it's night, but it's 1971. So the 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 palette of viewers has evolved a lot. Um, but since they shot it black and white, you can go all out and just like have people just being fucking cut down and maimed and just chunked out uh, with <laughs> with swords. And that's what you get. Uh, you get him taking his vengeance on all the people that are involved with this, like, uh, this confidence game that he's fallen, fell victim to. And it's just mm-hmm. him working his way to this girl and her husband and their baby. Uh, and, of course, you know, there's a baby in this movie. <laughs> and it's like, uh-oh, what's going to happen with this baby? And you're like, well, fuck that baby. <laughs> uh, oh, no, and, Jared. Yeah, there's some... Uh, there's, it's just like it's just like quite like a like a slow like oh shit is he going to kill him too oh and then like even like the wrong people get killed and it's horrifying yeah. and it just keeps marching along and um, yeah it's it's pretty good like it's like two and a, two hours and a quarter so it's like a lengthy movie but like I was like totally involved in it it's such a well made movie uh like the the use of mm-hmm. light and light and darks are fantastic um it is super obscure. I had to like do some legwork to put this one together. Uh, there's mm-hmm. actually a pretty okayish copy of it on YouTube without subtitles, but then I was able to find subtitles for it and match it all up, play it on my laptop, mm-hmm. hook it up through an HDMI cable to my TV, <gasps> and go to watch it just just fine. But yeah, this movie just doesn't exist. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, it's a great movie. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's a horror movie. Just because it's gory, I don't know. Sort of Doom is like a pretty incredibly violent, awesome movie, but like yeah. I wouldn't call it a horror movie either. But it was a great discovery, and I'm glad I finally got around to watching it because it'd been on my radar for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. The same director of this, he also uh, directed a movie called Funeral of was it Funeral for the Rose Parade or something like that. And it's a mm-hmm. it, that movie's kind of getting a little bit of traction. It's actually getting released on Blu-ray right away, and it's sort of like a. I guess like a fairly uh, early movie about like being a trans woman in Japan in like the late sixties. And it's kind of like a dark depressing movie. And so like demons kind of is like same director. And so maybe if that movie does well enough, people will be like seeking out this like really crazy, violent revenge samurai movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sounds yeah, good. yeah. So it's like, hey, it's a samurai movie I really liked because <laughs> because mm-hmm. uh, people will recall that I've been kind of cool on the samurai movies we've watched in the Criterion Creeps. Generally, because mm-hmm. I like my I, like I like my westerns, I like my samurai movies to be about revenge, um, right. and the worst side of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, another movie I checked out, also Japanese, uh, mm-hmm. just came out last year called Creepy, uh, from uh-huh. director Kayoshi uh, Kurosawa. How fitting. 
Uh, yes. And so yeah. this movie, uh, this guy uh, that directed this, he also directed a movie called Cure, which uh, RJ, you watched uh, a couple of years ago anyway. And he also directed, no, you didn't watch Cure, you watched uh, Pulse. And um, so this was like the first movie of his that I actually had seen. Not, I hadn't seen a movie of his for a little while. So I jumped into Creepy to watch. And this movie uh, is about a flawed uh protagonist uh police detective who's like into like the uh criminal psychology stuff hunting serial killers uh the movie opens up with him um he's just caught someone he's finished doing the questioning and stuff like that this serial killer dude escapes he manages to uh stab the detective in the back while the detective was trying to prove his point that he was smarter than him. He was not. And then he slits the throat of an innocent woman. We don't know if she died or not, but we know a year or so later that the uh, detective is now retired and now he's just teaching, uh, uh, like criminal psychology at a like Japanese school, uh, for police, I guess. Um, and then he, they, him and his wife just move into a house, uh, this sort of like this weird little enclosure where it's like uh, one larger house on the back half and then another house on the opposite side of them. And they move in, they go introduce themselves. Uh, The one person isn't home, but the wife goes back to introduce herself later on. And the guy who lives in this house is just a creep, Um, a very creepy man. There's just something off about him and you can't really put your finger quite on. Uh, The performance this guy gives is fantastic. Um, I've seen some people be critical of this movie, creepy. Um, yeah. And uh, ooh, spooky. Yeah, so spooky. And like, I don't know. Like, there's like some people that have been like mixed on creepy. And I think that mm-hmm. uh, like where people make jokes like, "Well, I didn't think that was very creepy." My favorite. Oh, come on. My favorite letterboxed uh, review. But no, I thought this movie was super creepy. I thought I was super tense watching this movie. I didn't know where it was going. Um, the, the performances were great. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it was a slow burn. Uh, I don't know if the second half was as strong as the first half, but like it's, um, I don't know. I, I thought it was better than the movie Cure. Because like you'd seen, you yeah. saw Pulse a couple years ago. You had borrowed that one yep. from me. Yeah. So the same, yep. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. He's He's got a bunch of movies. He's kind of got his toes in the, the horror genre. Uh, I would definitely say Creepy is worth watching. It's, uh, you won't see anything quite like it this year, probably. I think it sounds great. Yeah. I'm going to give it a check. Yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last movie I'll talk, and this is because yep. Oliver Granger demanded it. Oh, right, right. And that was The Evil Within. That was released on video on demand this year. Uh Um, And so I didn't know anything about this movie. Uh, I think like a few months ago, uh, you and me, we were like at your house and you were showing off your uh, Android box thing, whatever the fuck it's called. That works that, all the time. That works never. Yeah. And uh, you were just, we were just skimming through, and we saw this movie come up, pump up called The Evil Within, and we mm-hmm. all had a good laugh at the, like the the poster art that the poster. accompanied it. You're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, is that Michael Berryman? And we're oh, all these shitty movies. And we scroll through like probably what like a hundred pages of like the horror <laughs> movies, just looking at yeah. all these movie titles of stuff that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie though. It has a, a interesting history to it. I don't know if you've bothered or had time to like look into this thing at all. Nope. So I don't know if I should tell you about it because maybe you should watch it not knowing this. But anyway, 
we're a podcast. We're educating people. Sure. So, uh, director Andrew Getty, he's the son of like this like oil businessman, uh, like heir. Like his grandfather created like Getty Oil or something like that, or founded it like hundreds of years ago. And okay. um, so he he was like the son of this like family. And I guess he what he wanted to do was make a movie. He had these. He's had these ideas that have haunted him forever. And so, back in 2002, he started to work on this movie. Okay. Uh, he shot a bunch of it. It's got like actors that pop up. Um, and so, he shot it back in 2002 with like sort of like low budget stuff. Because I mean, even though this guy's a millionaire, it's not like super easy to make a movie with your own mm-hmm. money. So he shot this, and then for the preceding like 13 years, he tweaked, worked on it, he edited it, he shot more footage. He just kept trying to get this movie right for 15 years, mm-hmm. and then in 2015 he died. Okay. <laughs> um, so he, so I mean, he's not like a particularly old guy or anything like that. I think he was like 30, like my age, like 33, right. 34 when he dies. Um, mm-hmm. the, so then the movie gets kind of completed afterwards by like his cinematographer or co-editor who actually right. like finished it and so you're left with this movie that's like I don't know from what I also read this guy was like a meth addict and so he was a recluse just like living in his house making mm-hmm. this movie doing drugs and like that's all he did for like the last tenth of his last third of his life yeah. so it's like this really strange intense kind of story um, and so this movie is about a like uh a, ch- a man, a man who's like thirty years old with mental difficulties. RJ, is that how you're gonna phrase that? Yeah. Um, okay. So this guy, so this the the actor. Oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head either. But I saw some people. They were complaining about Fred Kohler. Um, mm-hmm. He's in stuff. He's a name actor. But this is like the one guy that was like available to make this movie at all times, along with Michael Berryman. So those sure. scenes are definitely better made than the others. Uh, so he's this kid who's got problems, but he's like, he has these dreams and there's like a, an art, more articulate voice in his head than when he is like in real life, his brother mm-hmm. played by Sean Patrick Flaherty. Um, he's like trying to like move, like move on with his life and like, they, they live in this house together. He's like raising his younger brother himself. He's got a girlfriend that like, like kind of like says, we got to get rid of your brother. I mean, your brother's holding you back, but he just refuses to change anything. Yeah. Um, but then he bought, he finds this like giant mirror and of course it's a mirror in a horror movie. We, we know that bad things are going to happen involving the mirror. Mirrors, so what happens is, yeah. is when, whenever the kid looks into the mirror, he sees himself, but is, but he's telling him bad things to do. Okay. And so, uh, he's like suddenly saying like, you know, you, you should go, uh, to, we can like try to fix you and create a, like a, a cure for you. So you're a better person that you're not, stu- you're not dumb anymore. <laughs> and you, you should go out and kill the cat next door. And there's like, these oh. like, there's these like, well, see, it's, it's a pretty tasteful killing of a cat. Cause it doesn't actually, you don't, you don't see it happen, but it escalates. Okay. It's the beginnings of the, of like the arc, I guess. Of like, you should go kill the cat. And, and then this whole idea that like the, the society has been telling you it's okay to kill cats secretly because you eat meat all the time. Why is it okay to eat this meat and not that meat? What's the difference? Okay. And so he goes and kills a cat with a pair of scissors, uh, and some okay. quick, and quick edits. But then he's like, then he's out killing more animals and throwing them into a freezer. 
And then he's like, the next step is like, well, you got to go and kill some kids. And this is this voice. He's this, this, this mirror version of himself mm-hmm. keeps telling him this. Um, and then apparently Sean Patrick Flaherty is just not a very good brother and doesn't notice that like his younger brother's like taking over the downstairs and like he's locking the door and he's taking up taxidermy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, because the thing, the, the movie's got like some strange like like plot problems because this movie was shot over the course of 13 years and actors weren't available anymore. So there's some like weird, like, like green screening and of like driving and just ADR and stuff like that. Like it is Mm -hmm. a strange production, but it has the vibe of like a, like eighties paperback novel. Like, it's just like evil mirrors, evil twins, uh, like bad brothers killing, like killing animals and escalating up to killing like people. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, so it's just like, I mean, it's surprisingly well made for a guy who never made a movie before. Who's just trying to get this idea in his head out into the world. And he's just like this like recluse millionaire who just like never did anything else but work on this movie. Yeah. Um, but the thing I haven't mentioned though is this movie has like some absolutely batshit strange, like David Lynch style special effects <laughs> that like, because there's these dream sequences that he does that are really odd. But then he also uh, mixes it up with these like fan- these fantastic stop motion animations that like mm-hmm. look so good. Like there's the one involving like the Michael Berryman like a demon figure like this white mm-hmm. lone figure that kind of haunts him in his dreams where like he pins him down onto a bed and then like he proceeds to like kind of fidget, mess around on top of his hair and then he finds a zipper and he pulls this zipper down his back and he kind of like opens up the back of this kid the link character and like crawls inside of him it's like so yeah. like odd looking and like but really well done like i'm like what the fuck like what is this movie like because usually when you think of like video on demand, like sh- independent horror movies, they have lots of shitty, shitty like effects. And like, mm-hmm. like, but this movie's just got like this stuff where like, no, this guy like thought about this stuff a lot. Like this mm-hmm. stuff is like him. Like even like the lead actor, like you can see that there's a little bit of himself in this. Like in, I was watching mm-hmm. in, like on the DVD, there's like an interview with the director from like when they were making the movie. And you can see like, I don't know, there's mannerisms that are totally in this character in the movie. And you're like, this is just so odd, but like, um, I don't know. It, it's not a movie without flaws, but I'm like, I was so like interested and excited watching this movie. Cause I didn't know where it was going necessarily. And like mm-hmm. learning how it was made. And then you get to the ending, which is like, like awesome. Like this movie has like, it's like usually mm-hmm. movies, you know, when you watch movies and they have bad endings, like mm-hmm. almost without fail, this movie has the opposite of a Stephen King problem. This movie's got a, like, a fantastic ending where you're like, what the fuck? Like, I started, like, sitting up in my seat as I was, like, watching this. I was like, what? what? No. Holy crap. How did they do this? Like, I was just, like, kind of, like, wowed by it. Hmm. Um, so, like, it is, this is, like, a movie that, like, yeah, it is far from, like, a good movie or great movie. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what sort of space it occupies, but it's, like, the ambition of it and, like, execution of some of it is so worth mentioning that like, I think people should absolutely watch this just be, to mm-hmm. get like, to find out like where they fall on it. Um, I, I think it's like uh really interesting to watch a movie that where like this guy like was giving it all. Like mm-hmm. he was like really invested in making this and he never finished it, which is like a bummer. And then this guy died. Uh, like, and it was like, again, like another, like kind of like a, uh, WC fields esque death of like, like internal blockages and like bursting and like just dying. Like, Horribly. Um, hmm. It's a great way to die, RJ. Is intestine, <laughs> something involving your intestines. 
So that's a that's a hot recommend. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd be curious to see what you think of this movie. It, like I said, it's an odd one. It's I'll, I'll I'll try to squeak it in for the next uh, Criterion creep. Get see, and then maybe we'll we'll dress it there also. Yeah, I would like uh, all Oliver Granger uh, when you're listening. You should definitely mm-hmm. write in and let me know. Let RJ and I know what you thought of this movie. Like why you mm-hmm. gave it five stars. Whoa. Yeah, he loved this movie, and I believe he hmm. said it's like one of his best movies that he's seen this year. I'd be very curious what you, uh, he got out of it, because like I wouldn't go that far, but I think it was like totally a fascinating movie, like just as far right. as like how movies get made and how they don't get made, and the idea of like toiling over something for that long, like that's just not how movies were made mm-hmm. at all. Like movies are like me make it, and you knock it out, and you get the next one made. And I mean, I would have loved to see what uh, Andrew Petty would have made next. Like, mm-hmm. like with more money, with more studio stuff, I would love it. Like, cause this movie is very much like Blumhouse. Like it's like a Blumhouse mm-hmm. story. Like it, re- it really is. Um, but I, I think it's got a better ending than most Blumhouse movies do. Like fucking right. insidious and, and sinister. Those movies sinister. Have, like, those movies yeah. have like, in gar- those movies have garbage endings, like conjuring yeah. and stuff like that. That stuff's like pfft. split. Yeah. Split. It was good. You were abused. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Well, imagine if you hadn't been abused, you wouldn't have survived this situation. Yep. No, no, go get raped by your uncle. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't get superpowers if you weren't abused by, as a kid. Yeah, so it's, it's all true. All true. That's what RJ's well, that, been telling all the kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, pretty ghoulish stuff. Ghoulish stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it for uh, this particular episode of google school um mm-hmm. we should be able to get one more of these in next week yep i mean in between we'll be doing our creep that element of crime mm-hmm. yep. i guess i guess so uh yeah. But yeah we'll do one more of these for the season um yeah that'll be fun it'll be mm-hmm. a, good, a good time for all oh, it um, always is but anyways hope people enjoy uh i've got some editing to do but not before mm-hmm. watching a little bit of tlc and the return of kurt angle Oh God! Yeah, no one cares about Kurt Angle. He's got that potato head. He's got some that that HGH look. Yeah, the gigantism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, good night, folks. See ya. Keep it spooky. Hmm.